That little beep. It was, yeah. Yeah. I think you're supposed to do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm legally supposed to inform you that we're being recorded now. So please note this in case later there's libelous uh, backlash. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, let's play. I want to play a little game before we start the show. Okay. Here's the game. It's easy to play. Everyone's participated in it, even though at the time... You didn't know you were playing the game. Fred, would you like to play this game? I'd love to. Let's play. It's called Seniors Moments. Senior Moments or Seniors. Should it be Seniors because there's three of us? How about just Senior Moments with humble Fred and Dan? All right. Um, I'll give you a a second to think about it. I mean, the classic one, and I was talking about this with our, uh, I would call him the godfather of our show, uh, sale, former sales manager Bill Hertz yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about some things, you know, as you change. And the, the guy's you know, 78 years old. He's just incredible. Like, he's in such great shape. It's a bit intimidating. You know? Yes. So, you know, the classic say, uh, senior moment. You walk into a room. I'm not sure if this has happened to you. Where you walk into a room and just for a second, you're not sure why you're there. Yeah. Has that happened to you, Fred? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Why you're there or what? Yeah, why? You just kind of walk in and like, oh, what was I? What is it I was coming into this room to oh, get? Right. Of course. Okay. Quite often. Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you have any others? Because I have one. I was saying this to Bill that is just so weird to me, but happening, you know, not regularly, but it, it happens where I will go to put on deodorant. And realize I've already put on deodorant or I won't remember having put just put the deodorant on. Has that ever happened to anyone or is that just me? You know, absolutely. No, you do that with you do that with what? I do that with my um, with my fish oil and uh, vitamin. Oh, I forgot. You have quite a beauty regime. No, no. I just. Some days, you know, it becomes part of your routine when I get up in the morning, and sometimes it's like, did I take it or not, right? And I have to grab the bottle and shake it out and grab one of each. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about taking the, a, um, a supplement. Uh, yes. Yes. And then on the way downtown, uh, downstairs, I'll go, did I take those? Because I don't want to, you know, <laughs> it won't kill me if I double up, but I don't want to. Did I no. take that? You're doing this, like, sort of subconsciously. Yeah. And I don't know if that's an aging thing or... No, but I think that's a, that is what it is. Subconsciously, yeah. I'm not aware because it's such a routine. But several times, and most recently, this is why I was talking about it with the bill, is it, it happened yesterday that I wasn't sure if I put deodorant on, so I have to go and like, oh yeah, there's deodorant on that pit. And by the way, <laughs> just for you people that are wondering, that left armpit of mine is still gone rogue. Still gone rogue. Really? Oh yeah. Still doesn't. I can. I came out of the shower yesterday, and this armpit. I smelled it, and it didn't smell as clean as the other one. <laughs> Dan, I can't wait. Dan, has anything ever happened to you? Oh yeah, I've had. I had one of those yesterday. We uh, today's the day they pump the poo out of the uh, trailers. Oh, this is one of my favorite day of the week. Yeah, and uh, you've got to put a tag in a in a thing. You know, a little box down by the the entrance, so that they know that you want your poo pumped, right? Okay. So I, not wanting to forget this yesterday, 
went out and said, okay, now I remembered. I'm going to go and do this while I'm remembering and put it, put the, the tag on my windshield. Okay. About two hours later, I thought, you know, I better do this right away. I better go and get the tag off the <laughs> <laughs> and put it in my windshield. I so love I, that. I looked for the tag. I couldn't find the tag. Because it was already on the windshield. And I looked around at all the possible spots it could be. <laughs> <laughs> then, on the way out, I uh, went to put the tag in the thing there. I put the tag in, and I saw a, f- a friend come down the road and says, Hey, don't forget to put your poo tag in the thing there, because it's on your windshield. Mm. I don't know. Because I put the park pass into the poo tag bin, as opposed to the poo tag. So now I had to figure out how to get my park pass back and... Uh, yeah, so, the, yeah, that was a senior's moment right there. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. Got all that? Mm-hmm. Wow. But I've never, want my, I've never wanted my poop pumped. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And, and you guys at the park put a tag there? Okay, it's poop pumping time. <laughs> no wonder you're, like, so excited about Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fred, do you want to go first? Yeah. Someone pumped my poo. Um, so, but I'm a little confused there. So you meant to put the poo tag on, or the poo park tag, but you put your park pass instead. Yeah, I've yes. done that. Because they look similar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Same dimensions. They're marked differently. But, you know, in your haste, you know, when you're doing this and doing that. And yeah. That's funny. Sometimes yeah. just grab the wrong one. I've only done it once, but yes, uh, I did it. And I didn't realize it till I got home, so I had to call the park and say, hey, my park pass is in there, <laughs> which means I do want my poop pumped, okay? And it'll have my pass back so I can get back in. Now, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, this has been a fun little episode with humble Fred and Dan of Seniors Moments. I've done this recently where I've gone back upstairs to get my keys and they were in my back pocket. Done that a no. bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. Well, you think I'd feel them back there, but I've, I'd lost feeling in my right ass. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. had a lifetime struggle with keys. You know, here's one I've, I've done quite often. In my Kia, you know, you have your key fob. Yeah. But if the battery gets low and it won't start your car, there's this little thing in the middle middle compartment there that you can just sort of plug it into and then it supplies a little bit of power so when you press the button the car starts well a few times i've gone to start my car and it won't start because the battery's low and i keep thinking oh i gotta replace this battery so i shove it in that little thing and then i get to my destination and i can't find my keys <laughs> i know seriously i know more I than that. once yeah, i've done that yeah that's what have i done with my keys where are my keys <laughs> i wouldn't start without the keys and then it hits me oh yeah uh-huh yeah i've got a bunch of them like that okay well this is see dan this no one we got a little fun to start the show we did, may, yeah if i may say respectfully that scene behind you always uh is like a painting it's just beautiful um, and may I also say how lucky, again, I was trying to say this yesterday until you f- took a flamethrower to me, um, how lucky it is you get to sit there because it is my favorite thing about going up north. That, that time in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. j- just coming out in the morning with your coffee and, and just when the, everything is calm. I mean, it's just ridiculous how beautiful this place is. 
Well, Howard, thank you for the redux on this. Uh, this just, well, this is what I was trying to say yesterday right. before I got. Right. And, and let me. I, did, uh, let I, me got, say I walked that. into a Jeffrey Ross buzzsaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're you're caring and concerned for your fu- fellow man, uh, yeah. especially myself Thanks, and well, Fred is well, is really heartwarming. You're two of my favorite people. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, it's nice that you come out with these kinds of things. I try to, you know, I'm trying to just, you know, mm-hmm. lay it out full, there. rich human being. Thanks, pal. Uh any idea who's on the show today? I do. Yes. Chef Jordan the Wagman. Chef. Who's also a very kind person. Very nice person, Chef Chef Jordan. And, of course, the Sherpa. And Mike Boone is going to pop in. Oh, yeah. It's a short week. It is a short week. Humble and Fred. It's Friday. It's Thursday, Junior, Dan. (laughs) Well, we're going to help pull Mike uh, Boone through a controversy. Yes. uh, Something to do with mistaken identity and him being slandered. and we're, he'll walk us through it. It'll be it'll be like the January sixth hearings. Yes, it will. Uh, but, but only <laughs> but, for some local radio people. <laughs> but Mike is quite affected by this because he's a sweet, soft, you know, decent young man, and some of the things he's been accused of by people who haven't done their sort of due diligence yeah. is uh, quite shocking. So and unfortunate. He's our, bu- he's our buddy. He's our producer. So we'll lay it all out and analyze it yeah and it'll be like we'll be all we'll we'll be co-chairs of this committee and uh, i don't care listen i'll be liz cheney she's a, she's a monster or i like benny t the problem with benny t that's uh, benny thompson the problem with benny t and, and he's super he's well uh, articulate but he's not as good a reader as liz cheney so whenever he um, cedes the time to the gentlewoman from Wyoming, I love that. But she just seems a bit, you know, she has that sort of, she's reading it off the prompter. But Dan, you know, you'll appreciate this. She's really good at it. You know, her yeah. eyes can look around while continuing to see where she is. But not not Benny T. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was looking at that because he, he's very excellent Annunciation, yes, his words, and yeah. uh, he completes all the words very and and speaks slow enough to do that. But yeah, I've, I've noticed that Cheney. That so is she actually I've, the telltale signs of looking at a prompter is what I was, I'm always looking yeah. for, right? What, what were we going to say there, Freddie? I was going to say if ever there was a person that the Republican Party should embrace, uh, based on the ability to get people from the other side to come on over, yeah. that's the person. Yeah. Uh, but of course, she's being, by the usual suspects, being slammed and insulted and degraded uh, by the far right of that <laughs> party. And it's such a shame. It is. Again, she's someone that a middle of the road Democrat might go, you know what? I might go that way this time. I might. Again, based on just how level headed and articulate and moderate and 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 the fact that she's there because she thinks it's the right thing to do and and not to take this into the world of golf but one of the big pushbacks yesterday at the u.s open all these guys you know press conferences and being asked about this new you know the evil saudi golf league but the pushback from the guys that are staying on the pga tour rory mcelroy john rom some of the biggest names is just basically they think it's the right thing to do that taking money from an, uh, a regime, uh, directly from a regime, 
I mean, you can talk the politics of hypocrisy all you want, but this is funneling money from the regime that flew these planes, allegedly, into uh, the towers. Some of those guys staying think, okay, I've got enough money, and that isn't the right thing to do. And that's why she resonates with so many people. Right. Thank you. Um, just, yes, I, I totally agree. A little attachment to that. I mean, I thought we might get to this later, but I'll just mention it because it's similar. I'm reading a an article this morning, a Leger poll that has come out. And uh, in Canada, NDP and liberal voters, they polled them on who they would like to see become the conservative leader. And John Charest and Patrick Brown finished way ahead of uh, Poliev. Mm-hmm. Yet Poliev within the conservative party is leaps and bounds ahead. But this is very important for what I said about Liz Cheney. You got to you got to look at those polls because Brown and Sheree are the type of guys that a liberal who maybe doesn't like Trudeau or can't make up his mind or might be willing to come over to the other side, they would vote for. But Poliev, no. Um, very significant in the world of politics, obviously, to worry about or think about how you can win the other side over. And to me, she's she's it. Well, we don't we we can. Let's yeah. put a pin in this now. And we'll, <laughs> let's put a little pin in this, and we'll unpack it later, and we'll take it out when it's lunchtime. Uh, no, we're gonna, that's obviously what, uh, some of the things we're going to be talking about today. Dan Duran's news and so much more. I mentioned the retirement Sherpa. There's some perspective you're going to want to hang around for, but first has Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto and from Lusty Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Relaxacare, and DraftKings. And now here are two men who are taking this fine weather we're having, having as a reminder that winter is coming. So are now making plans to go somewhere warm, then to complain about the weather. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Speaking of Relaxacare, the uh, daily ritual now, you know, I've been playing a... Just a lot of golf. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, it's just gone crazy. There's been events and I, you know, things I've had to attend. This isn't just willy nilly. And the um, my my routine, Freddie, is I, I get home and then uh, you know get cleaned up and I get into this chair. Go to relaxacare.ca. The chair, by the way, someone's asked me what chair I have. It's called the Symphony. Now. I can tell you, I went into this, you know, I think people know the story. I went in there, I bought the chair, and then we did this deal so that other people, Humble and Fred listeners, and by the way, I heard from him. I know I'm on three tangents now, but some Humble and Fred listeners have actually gone into Relaxacare in person to check out their their inventory because it's massive. The most in Toronto, everything's in-house. The, the showroom has the largest number of massage chairs. No other place can touch it. But you can also order online. And um, I, I can just tell you, it, you know, I've been getting massages for a long time, but this chair is different. Yeah, you, if you think you miss the human touch, what you get in the chair is that you're getting multiple points of pressure um, in a variety of ways. And, you know, like I, I was beat when I got home last night. And after dinner, when I was watching, you know, some golf, uh, I took like a half an hour. 
And I can tell you, you know, you've known me a long time. My back is generally brutal in the summertime. I'm, I'm taking Advil every day. A couple of summers ago, I took this high-octane stuff called Toradol, ripped my stomach apart. This year, and this is the truth, I haven't taken a, a fraction as many anti-inflammatories. And I know it's because I'm getting this sort of treatment every day. You can, too. Relaxacare.ca. Go check these people out, okay? And check this out. Check it. At uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca is where to go. It's Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, What I like to do sometimes is go to chamberplan.ca and read the testimonials. And I'm not kidding because they're updated all the time. And uh, just it's the feedback from small companies that have have bought in, so to speak, become subscribers and uh, what it's done for them. And, you know, near the top of the list is the attitude of your uh, employees, how much they appreciate the fact that you have taken this step. A lot of small businesses, it goes without saying, no, we don't have benefits. We're too small. Well, doesn't need to be that way. Does not need to be that way. Mm-hmm. Small business can have a benefits <laughs> package and the chamber plan can show you the way. Take the time today. Do it. Chamberplan.ca. Now, I would have put music uh, behind you. I was actually looking for some here, but then my... Spotify uh, just froze. That's okay. Here we go. How about this? Just want to make sure it's working. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yes. Can you hear that? Yes. Of course, I would. Uh, I'd have to choose something that has uh, like a really quiet intro. Uh, I know we're going to get to our emails, and and I know we want to talk a little politics. Just quickly, though. And we're going to do our emails, too. I knew there was another item. I'm sure we've mentioned it on this show, but not recently. There's a an American culture writer named Bob Lefsetz, and he puts out a letter every day. And it's usually about the music industry, a lot of politics as well. He's a liberal guy. He gets a lot of pushback. You know, from the right wing. And he's also a very well-connected, you know, music guy. We first met him 10 years ago. He was up here for Canadian Music Week. You know, we said, went over and said hi. The reason he I bring it up. He was on the show. He no, was on our was show? On. That's right. Yeah, we did the show in the lobby. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's who he is. And the reason I'm bringing it up this morning is, for uh, some reason, he's got a... Uh, Serious XM show. I'm not sure when it runs, Bob. If you've ever heard of this, I apologize. But he um, puts out a playlist from his show that he does. And it's a favorite Canadian act playlist. Hmm. And um, you know what I'm going to do? I, so just so you can look at it, because it's, mm-hmm. it's too many artists. I'm just going to send this to you right now. And I was just interested... To, and, of course, he's a, a music guy way on the inside. He would obviously know a lot of Canadian artists. He's been coming up here for years. Right. But I found it interesting some of the choices that he made. You know, some of them are obvious. Do you, you have the – I just sent it to you, so have a look at it. You know, some are obvious. Rush, Fly By Night, um, Diana Krall, The Look of Love. Alanis Moore said, hand in my pocket. But some, you know, New Orleans is sinking the tragically hip. 
mm-hmm. but I like some of the almost like the album cuts. That's what we used to call them. You know, he, he like the deep cuts on on different songs. I just thought it was interesting. And you know, all the artists are there, and some obscure ones that I wouldn't have thought he would you know be aware of. The pursuit of happiness, Martha and the Muffins. Hmm. I still haven't received it. Yet, well, so. you should have. Proceed. Three Proceed. days grace. Okay. Um, Kim Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to be really into Canadian music. You know, at a more than just passing level to know about Kim Mitchell and go for a soda, you know? Yeah, um, although he's been coming to Canadian Music Week for yeah. many, 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 many years, and I guess he gets some exposure that way to Canadian music. Well, and the fact that he's a big, mm-hmm. you know, music fan in general. Sure. You know, he so all the big the ones. Yeah, 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 all the big ones, Leonard Cohen, the band, Joni Mitchell, those were easy ones. But mm-hmm. the ones that intrigued me were like Kate and Anna McGarrigal. Not that they're obscure, but to an American writer, they might be. Shania Twain's know, in there. I know the name, but I couldn't mention a... I, I wouldn't know a song Same or with an me. album. Another band he flags here is Are the Odds. Right. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because I, I found it fascinating. Yeah, that... Uh, you know, there's certain songs along the way. Memories of CFNY back in the 90s, having all sorts of fun and uh, heterosexual men and Eat My Brain, two songs by The Odds that, especially heterosexual man. No, I always love this song. Just a great little tune. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, if you, here's what I'll do. Because, you know, we shouldn't talk about something if the audience doesn't have access to it, too. Uh, maybe at some point this morning, uh, during a lull, I'll uh, get this list for you. It's an interesting one. Yeah, this is a great song. Hey, don't worry about a lull. <laughs> yeah, the whole show is a lull. There'll be a few of them. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, anyway, that's... Uh, when you get it, you'll be fascinated by it, you know? I didn't know uh, Deadmau5 was Canadian. I think I did, and then I forgot, but then I saw it yeah. on the list. Mm-hmm. Is it, you, you and I called it Dead Mouse, right? Well, that's... Is it, I, I, I forget. <laughs> Isn't no. it called Dead Mouse, but it's spelled differently? Or is yes. it actually pronounced Dead Mouse? I, 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 I don't think, know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think we always screwed up. Whatever it was, we did the wrong We did the wrong yeah, one. I, I think it, he's known as Dead Mouse, but it's spelled Dead Mouse 5. I think you and I called him Dead Mouse 5. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, whatever it is, we got it wrong. Okay? Sorry. Sorry, grandpas are a little bit out of it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, as we do uh, on the last day of the Humble and Fred week, which, as you know, from now until Labor Day will be three days a week because the old guys need even more time to recover in the summertime, uh, we are happy to present... Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, all the people. There's a lot of reaction, but uh, we'll get to just a few. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. To begin with, Friedrich... Well, we just want to acknowledge Darlene N., who she sent something in about uh, John Stewart and the uh, his show, uh, The Problem. And it was Judd Apatow on George Carlin. It's a must-see, according to Darlene. We will check it out. Thank you. 
Um, that's Darlene of the Baldwin sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, always a gr- always a pleasure to hear from you. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Uh, Hi next guys. up is from. Ricky Manello. Hey, gentlemen, on Monday's show, June 13th, Howard mentioned that the price of cigarettes these days in Canada is close to $20 a pack. Australia, which uh, Rick is uh, writing us from, he says, Australia is one of the most expensive countries in the world to be a smoker, and despite the ridiculously high price, many people still do. Cigarettes here will set you back an eye-watering 40 to fifty dollars, fifty Australian dollars for a pack of twenty-five, depending on the brand and where you get them from. As hard it is to believe, that's not an exaggeration. As I type this, one Australian dollar is equivalent to about 90, can- 90 Canadian cents or seventy U.S. So it's not like so that would be about thirty-five to forty dollars for smokes. Mm-hmm. So if you're a pack-a-day smoker, which I was, easy. You know, I, I at some point, probably at my, you know, smokiest was a pack and a half a day. On, on, a, on a Friday or Saturday night, I'd go th- easily through a half a pack. So wow. are you, it's easily. You know, when you're mm-hmm. drinking and, you know, yes. carrying on. Yes. So think about that as a habit. Oh. Like, if you, you're... You, you uh, just flat out, you think that's enough to quit, but you I guess think. You're hooked. It's my goodness. But Fredzy Doodle, um, at twenty dollars a pack, if you're a pack a day smoker, oh, that's hundred and forty bucks a week. Mm-hmm. It's six hundred bucks a month ish. Hundred and forty bucks a week. That's a that's a tank of gas now. Oh, he mine easily. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Rick Manello, thank you very much. Moving on. Another uh, another contribution from the Baldwin sisters. Very active. Uh, so great to see that uh, Jelly Bean, also known as uh, Kenny R. Kenny Robinson, uh, was on the show. Great show. Great cast, guys. Thank you very much, Baldwin sisters, again. Mm-hmm. And why don't you continue uh, just below it from uh, the now the uh, next section is from the radio industry. All right. Hello, men. Uh, perhaps I overstated that. This is from Dave Trafford, who used to be the news director at News Talk 1010. Hello, boys. Good for you. Good for you on your unvarnished Derringer take. Now, if you're interested in talking uh, post-election, this was sent in some time ago. Yeah, we didn't pick him yeah. up on it, maybe in the future. He says he would be honored to come on the show. Isn't that something? A mm-hmm. guy. Listen, you've got to be a pretty smart guy to be the news director at News Talk 1010, right? And now he's yeah, willing to come on this show. <laughs> that's that's quite the statement. It is quite the statement. You said to me anyway. I asked you about this before, and you said mm-hmm. you guys never you had never worked in the building with him. Maybe you know I can't remember really crossing paths with Dave Trafford. I I don't back in two thousand three to five when I was there. Yeah, uh, uh, I did. Not so much then. I can't remember, but I worked with him. In the same building for two or three years. He's a fine, fine gentleman. Very, very professional. What he wants with this nonsense, I have no idea. But I did send him a note and saying we'd love to have him back and uh, or have him on the show and see what uh, the world of a former news director looks Hi like. Guys. And Hi his guys. take on. Guys. Let's be honest. That station once loud and proud and you know spared no expense to present the best 
news talk station has really been eroded over the past few years obviously for budgeting reasons we could talk about that yeah mm-hmm. and as you say he's a bright guy and he's got a good perspective on uh the news of ontario he's been re- you know covering it for a long time and he's in some way uh, related to our sweet boy bingo bob who is the producer of our show for a few years and we love bobby and he's been on our show and we've been on his show and uh somehow they're Related. I wonder if family gatherings they make fun of Bob's soft little hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the first item on the uh, table. <laughs> and before we get started, everyone, let's talk about Bob's hands. They're impossibly soft. Um, all right, this next one also from the radio industry, a name everyone knows, part of the Jesse and Gene uh, show, which you tell me is no longer uh, podcasting. No, it seems that uh, they've stopped and. Uh and last I, I, I looked, uh, they actually unposted, deposted the yeah. show from, you know, all the aggregates. Yeah, they don't need this. They're, you know, Ben and Jesse, they're both too busy. Uh, yeah. Um, so Gene says, uh, in, re- in response to, uh, you know, something I had commented on during the beginning of the controversy surrounding the disgraced broadcaster, John Derringer. Mm-hmm. And I had said something about, Something that Gene had posted, I said, just responded simply, this is the worst kept secret in Toronto radio. Right. Dean res- uh, Gene responded to me, or to us. Um, he said, I had no idea. Mind you, I've been away from Toronto for a long time. This is Dean ta- uh, Gene talking. I keep saying Dean. <laughs> the intern story that we told about John not allowing his intern to drive our intern to work anymore because... We wouldn't go down to get him coffee. He said, that story <laughs> was a jaw dropper. The whole thing reminds me of what happens after a mass shooting. The news crew shows up and the neighbors say, he was a quiet man who just tended his garden, you know, before he got into the church steeple and takes out, you know, people with an assault rifle. Uh, he goes on to say, blah, blah, blah. The karma on this is off the Richter scale. And why? A morning radio show? You guys are sounding like as if to say, what, all of this was because you were just a big morning guy? Uh, you guys, this is the part that's important. You guys are sounding as great as ever. Hmm? Jesse and I have three companies on the go that have nothing to do with radio or podcasting and having old guy fun, which is nice to hear. Brother Jake, another broadcaster from the toronto market years ago he says brother jake and i hang out a lot it's a good life great to hear from you and you know what good for him you know gene's a a nice guy doesn't want to hurt anyone Mm -hmm. you know he's a person who who lives in a world without harming others and uh good for him hi guys yes he's a nice man if i might just back up a bit oh sorry um you know, something he put in that email, he said, just wait until Derringer's daughters are old enough to understand everything on the Internet. It'll be there forever. And, you know, not just John Derringer. I mean, the new world we live in, that is there forever. And that crossed my mind. You know, whether it's your children, your grandchildren, you've passed years from now, and maybe you're Googling, you want to find out a little bit about your ancestry. All that stuff's there now. Yeah just another reason to be conscious of what we're doing day to day because the world has changed so much from that perspective that is sad i mean you know mental abuse against women and these young girls who someday 
Well, they're probably aware of it now, unfortunately, but the gritty details in years to come. It's just a sad story. I agree. I, I by the way, I omitted that part just because I, mm. because which I, I, I just did because I thought, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to get this all mixed up in that, but I agree. You know, we've yeah. had conversations about, I think I once said to you, all I have left of my father's voice. Yes. Is a answering machine message that I keep. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's some video somewhere where I could, you know, but our kids, and their children, you know, when mm-hmm. Johnny Slapshot is a grandfather and, and he wants to show his grandkids what his grandpa sounded like, looked like, mm-hmm. was, you know, it's got, it'll still be there somewhere. You and I yes. doing TV commercials in 1989, that mm-hmm. will be there. Did I tell you the story? I think I did back when I left Peterborough. <laughs> Somebody went on my Wikipedia page. I'm, I know it was somebody from that building and wrote some horrible things at the end of my Wikipedia. Totally untrue. And I think I have an idea who would do it. But again, that sat there for a few weeks before somebody brought it to my attention. Mm-hmm. Number one, I didn't know that was possible. I guess the filters or whatever hadn't been put on to the extent they should be. And I could easily take it off. But again, it's just... The new world we live in and the consequences of action. This guy didn't like me, so he did that to me for the world to see. We, yeah, I, and, I, and there, mm-hmm. there's that element. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that should be diminished. I'm just saying, like you and mm-hmm. I, in, in in terms of you know the um, gene bringing up, you know that the daughters being able to one day fully yeah. grasp what this was all about. That's one element of it. And, but the fact that, you know, our, our kids can go and search. Like, I, mm-hmm. you, you know, imagine, like, again, your parents, your father and mother. You know, imagine being able to go and listen to them have a conversation. Just like we're having a conversation now. What if they go yes. back and search this conversation? Oh, too many crossed in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, there's a couple more here, and then we're going to... Uh, no, that's not what I wanted to play here. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this next Hi one, guys. do you want me to take it or do you want to take it? No, you go ahead. Hey, Howard, Fred, unpaid intern. I just wanted to say I appreciate the talk this week about the pronoun discussion and how it was relating to Howard. Personally, I've noticed his use of the they-them pronouns in the last few months, and I was curious... And finding out it was related to a person in his life was actually cool to hear. I'm one of those non-binary people as well, and I do understand his struggles as well as theirs, as it's hard to change something that has been his view, understanding or whatever, all, all his life. Talking about me. Although I can't speak for that person in his life, it is nice to hear some acknowledgement of both of their struggles and his. Anyway, thanks for the content uh, signed simply Andy. Very nice. Yeah, very nice. I'm, I, I don't want to comment much further other than to say that in the past few months, you know, I, as I said the other day, like, you know, I try my best and I mess it up. But the, 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 the way the relationship has changed is now when I mess it up, it's not as big a deal. I, it's, it's treated like, you know, Sort of more like, right? At first, it was like a sort of an a, 
they were super offended. Not super, but you know what I mean? It, it bothered them more. Now they understand, like, me and their mother and their grandmother and all that stuff. We're all just trying, right? And that's all you can mm-hmm. do. Right on. Um, one last one there, Frederick. Let's see. Here we go. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi guys. This Hi guys. is from... This is from a woman named Jamie Lott, who was the receptionist at um, Young and Dundas when we were still at Chorus. That uh, that uh, time between, you know, uh, Chorus acquiring Q and Toxic Sporty and grouping them with CFNY. So it was, you know, a couple of year period, right? Am I correct in that? No. Yes. I, no, she was the receptionist while we were all together. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so yes. That, that two-year period that we were there and... Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. It was right. acquired. Okay. Just to make that clear. Uh, murky and clear. Uh, really enjoyed your show this morning, guys. And no, this isn't the first time I've heard it or watched it. But I will admit it's been a couple of months. It really brought up a lot of suppressed memories. She's talking about the Derringer situation. She says, uh, yeah, brought up a lot of suppressed memories and stories of what my fellow co-workers and I endured. This is how deep this was. Thank you for using your platform to bring this further into light. It's about bloody fucking time that he and management be held accountable. So just imagine that. That's 20 years ago, and it brought up bad memories still for her, what she went through. And I had heard some stories about stuff in the reception area, stuff mm-hmm. that you and I never dreamed of No, doing. I know. But we're commonplace in reception because he, uh, John, J.D., and another big-voiced imbecile that used to slither around those halls uh, would put her through. And uh, she says, and thank you again, Fred, for trying to get me out of there and into Peterborough when you were the PD at the Wolf. Yes, I had forgot about that, but we tried to do that. Uh, you uh, You both are and have always been top notch broadcasters in my book. Cheers, my friends. And again, that's from Jamie Lott. You know, it's nice. Um, it's nice to have that be part of, you know, the legacy of our time in there with them. Uh-huh. And mine, too. I'm, I, you know, I can appreciate that. I appreciate that, that. That's how she sees us. Yes. Yeah, I've got, I don't want to, you know, I've got another, I have, a, I think, uh, I can't remember if I told it last week or the week before, but there, there's a Derringer story that I witnessed with Jamie and I. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into it, but I'll just say it was weird, you know, and it's something that I, as you say, like, we didn't know you were allowed to act that way. <laughs> so, um, but I, it was one of those moments when, when it, mm-hmm. it happened early on and when we first met Jamie and it's sort of... Mm-hmm became kind of a running gag with her and i just remember her just being such a good shit and i would go oh, to, yeah. you know and we would Love hang her. around there and just jogans mm-hmm. but just such a good person mm-hmm. um yeah. okay <clears throat> yeah there, there was an opening in peterborough i had forgotten that story and uh, at the receptionist and she um contacted me about maybe her coming up because she had a vacation property up here i know she lives around here i do believe and we tried to swing that, but I think uh, moving within chorus, she would have been at a certain salary that they couldn't digest in Peterborough. I think that was the, the mm. bottom line. Uh, so it didn't yeah. work out. If, if memory serves me correctly. If, if my I memory know. takes this order and serves it back to me in a correct manner. Mm-hmm. Hey, Fred. <clears throat> hey, Fred. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, say hi to our Gig Sky guest of the day. Okay. He's a uh, frequent visitor to our program. 
for a variety of reasons. The guy knows food. He's been giving us some great tips on uh, different ways of you know, preparing food. That's only part of the reason. But now we welcome back Chef Jordan Wagon. Wagon. Wagon train. <laughs> <laughs> and now we back. Now we welcome back. You know, I had too much sleep last night. That's exactly what happened. Now we welcome back Chef Jordan Wagman because he's also such a good shit. Here we go now. Oh, yeah, baby. Wow. Uh, Jordan's story is well known to Humble and Fred listeners by now. He had psoriasis and decided that he would find a way to combat that malady by changing his diet. And I have a couple questions about diet today with Chef Jordan. But first, let's say hello, Gig Sky guest of the day. Freddie, what does uh, that mean to be the Gig Sky guest of the day? Well, go to gigsky.com and you can find out all about how traveling becomes much more easier when using a GigSky. And the travel rewards are outstanding. Again, take the time today. Go to gigsky.com. Find out how you can have mobile data at a very affordable rate while traveling pretty much anywhere in this world. All right? Gigsky.com. Hey, Chef. Hello, guys. You look good, man. Thank you, brother. I feel great. You know, can I tell you both how great the show is? Truly. Yeah, I, you I, can I, spend I, all... Hey, listen, we'll turn our mics off. You just go. Just you go. Just go. <laughs> I really... It's actually become one of these... It's Smartless and Humble and Fred. That's what I listen to. Well, I appreciate so that. It's wow. great. Wow. Really great. Well, you know what, uh, Jordan? This is a segment that we uh, doesn't happen very often, but when it does, uh, we love it. We call it, Why Do You Like Us? And this is where you sit down for about 10 or 15 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, you know, you when we first met you, you had spoken about this psoriasis connection and how food and getting rid of uh, gluten and, and refined sugars and dairies ha- have helped you bolster your immune system and reduce severely the effects of uh, psoriasis. I just talked with my doctor a couple days ago. I've been having, like, I feel healthier than I have in years. Uh, Definitely, Freddie and I on this Noom diet, we've lost, both of us have lost, you know, Freddie close to 15 or more pounds. I've lost 14, you know, 12 to 14 pounds. But my, my stomach's been a bit off and my doctor recommended a bit of some changes in my diet. And, And have you ever heard of this thing called the, the bro barley rye oats and wheat you ever heard of that where you where no. you, you basically get rid of those food groups for a while just to give your gut flora a chance to recalibrate is that something similar to what you did and do you have any thoughts on that i do and i always put the disclaimer that although i tried to once upon a time i do not even play a doctor on tv <laughs> okay mm-hmm. um but from but your personal something- experience yeah, there's something um, there's something called the autoimmune protocol, the AIP, which really is following that same sort of model, which is remove and then slowly integrate back. Um, for me, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, even the other night, I had some fried tortilla chips with some really crappy cheese on it, 
And, and, and I just was so hungry that it was the low hanging fruit. I walked in, I was starving. It was there. I put some chicken breast on it. I felt it all night long, all night long. And I knew that that would be the consequence, but I did it anyway. So I think, you know, there are certain food stuff that I can integrate back. Tomatoes, for example, I've successfully integrated back into my system. Very few other ingredients. Gluten is not one. So I haven't heard of necessarily the bro, but it's, it's again, the same premise. Remove and then slowly integrate back. Find what it is. And, and that's really all about identifying the food stuff, food and beverage that negatively impact you. Wasn't that what that book Wheat Belly was about? Kind and, of similar. Yes. And uh, Bill uh, Maher is all over this. Like, don't bring up the word bread to him. Uh, because yes, and, mm-hmm. and you know what? The, the one thing, and sorry to interrupt, the one thing I would say, and I don't know if this necessarily holds true, but it's, it's certainly a premise that I, I, I work with. And that is, in, in North America, everything is so bloody refined that if Nona is making me bread in, in Italy, I'm not so sure that I necessarily am going to have the same reaction I appreciate gluten is gluten, but is gluten the same from a heavily refined flour that I'm right. that I'm eating here versus you know something that's been grown in Nona's backyard? And you know this whole sugar thing too. It's just again, it's it's a drug. It's so addictive. And um, again, when you see people in your life which seem to who seem to lean on sugar, it's not surprising that they battle a weight problem and it's just the more you eat the more you want right and the more it it affects you it's a horrible addiction it's a Mm -hmm. horrible addiction that very few of us are able to identify you know i've said this a couple times recently but i feel as though we've become so conditioned in 2022 to the repercussions of eating that we are conditioned to feeling like, okay, I'm going to go have, and I won't name them, but that breakfast sandwich and know that I'll be on the toilet in a half an hour. But we've become conditioned to that, where why do we have to eat and then have repercussions? That's that's what I, I'm really trying to understand why we do that to ourselves. The other part of it is knowing that you can remove or find sugar and still enjoy every single food stuff you've ever had, from ice mm-hmm. cream to cake to, to whatever. Uh, you know, it's in, I'm listening with interest because I, I, I think I've decided, like, what happened to me a couple months ago? I, I, just, I thought, oh, it'll, I'll be clever. I won't think about what I'm going to have for breakfast. And for the first time in years, basically for five months, I've had oatmeal and fruit every day for breakfast. So something, that's a lot of oats. It's a lot of... What's Those that? are hard to digest. Well, Those are not easy. It's fine once in a while, but I just thought, oh, this is great. I, my thing is I'm being so clever, I'll just, I called it, I'm going to Steve Jobs breakfast, which is have the same thing every day. But I realized after talking to my doctor Monday, I'm like, you know, I've increased my amount of that. I've, I've started having sandwiches, which I'm not normally, I don't normally do. I don't eat a lot of dairy, but as an ex-drinker, you know, I've said this before, there is something about sugar that alcoholics it's universal we crave it your mm-hmm. body is because you think about all the sugar that i was putting into my body in the form of alcohol and a wine lot of, especially wine especially mm-hmm. 
And, you know, any any sort of long term ex alcoholics that I know, we all crave sugar. So I've got to really watch it, too, Jordan. So I'm. I think that's part of what was going on. And so I just, about a week ago, I started taking some extra probiotics. I take, I took a couple things and you know what? All of a sudden things are starting to feel better. Have you removed alcohol? Have both of you through this diet removed alcohol? No, Jordan, I haven't drank. I'm an alcoholic. I haven't drank in six and a half years, but I'm telling you. I didn't know that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's why uh, I don't, it doesn't matter. But I'm saying as an ex drinker, I definitely have a bit of a sugar craving. It's hard for me sometimes because I just feel like I can just eat like I'm talking like gummy bears or candy or or chocolate, you know? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I drink light beer. I never be really became part of the wine revolution, you know, where everybody discovered wine and had half a bottle with every dinner every yeah, night. Yeah, uh, that never happened to me. And <laughs> liquor, the the odd times, some scotch, but. That's the extent of it. I only laughed when you said half a bottle because that's so cute. Half a bottle is what you drink while you're opening the other bottles for real. You know? <laughs> um, hey, but I'll tell you one thing you mentioned, Jordan, was the self-awareness, too, because I think the older you get, obviously, over time, you start to realize you do that pro and con thing. It's like, I'd really like to eat that, but I know how I'm going to feel afterwards, so I'm not going to eat it. And I'm, you know, I made that determination with, to be honest, McDonald's some time ago, and Howard and I both talked about that. Whatever it is, you know, I can make a hamburger at home and be fine, but I eat one of their hamburgers, and again, it's on the toilet. So, You know, mine early on, one of my ingredients, believe it or not, was... Clamato juice. And so I loved Caesars. I mm-hmm. loved Me too. Caesars. And, and, and they were just, you know, on a Sunday morning, what could be better? Even Bailey's in, 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 my, in my coffee. But I'd always have repercussions. Now I've become addicted to feeling good. Yeah. And, 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 mm-hmm. it's, and it really is, that's, that's the norm. And so if I decide to stray from that, because I have this norm in place if I have a bite of Huggin' Does, for example, it doesn't truly negatively impact me. If I ate, ate, if I ate it every day, yep. I'd gain 20 pounds and, and I'd be back to where I started. But a scoop, you know, here and there every couple months, no repercussions whatsoever. Chef uh, Jordan Wagman's with us, and I, I want to get this into the conversation because on the 5th of July, Wednesday, the 6th of July, in the Portlands, which is Polson Street here in the big city, Chef is involved with the KIND, K-I-N-D, Summer Fair, which is a cannabis festival featuring live music, carnival games, a a great uh, vibe, lots of food, your favorite cannabis uh, brands, right on Lake Ontario, down at uh, the Portlands there. Just give us kind of an overview, and then we're going to wrap up because we got some food questions. I got some uh, cooking questions. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be prouder, I'll tell you, to to be a part of KIND. And so what this is, is the first of its kind festival. So KIND magazine, KIND events and media, they are a, they're the lifestyle magazine in Canada for cannabis. That's what they are. Josh Nagel is behind it. He's a brilliant mind and, you know, full disclosure, good friend. And so I've joined this company and we are creating this two-day festival. Day one, Dwayne Gretzky is playing. We have live mm. music. Love we them. first love them first of its kind sampling event where 500 butt tenders are coming in and they're getting this captive audience with the lps and they're able to communicate and talk about their products and they're getting this they're getting cannabis they're actually leaving with 
a bunch of cannabis that they, you know, can't consume on site, but certainly once they get home, they can it, they can enjoy. But outside, we've got the festival games. We've got food trucks like Rick's Good Eats is coming, and we've got uh, Mietakaria, and we've got La Palma coming, and, and Funnel Cake Express. It's going to be a two-day unbelievable celebration of cannabis culture. It's, it's really exciting, and I'll tell you, for me personally, being there on the forefront and trying to, quote-unquote, remove this stigma, it's really great to see the normalization of this type of festival. So I'm excited. July 5th and 6th, your tickets at uh, kindsummerfair.ca. You know, I love that you said that about the normalization. It's no different than you go to Rib Fest or you go to the, the beer. What was that beer thing I went to down there or the... They used to have that um, beer fest. Beer fest. Sorry, thank you. Beer fest. Hmm. You know, we walk around. You drink beer. You sample beers. But 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 why is it you're okay to do that? Where you can sample the beers uh, at a festival, but you can't sample the cannabis at a festival. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and and it's 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 something that um, Josh and and the team have been able to navigate but i'll tell you i'm in london right now for the for a festival and today i'm i'm doing a live demonstration <clears throat> and last night we were part of a you know a, a, a licensed liquor licensed event and everyone was outside and it's cannabis community so everyone is consuming cannabis by that i mean everyone's outside smoking joints yeah right so they said you cannot consume cannabis in this area where we are licensed it's, it's insane to me that as a person that doesn't drink, that I can't consume cannabis, which is truly my medicine, but I can consume alcohol. So, it, so, so when you say, okay, that's the rule, but because, why? Like, what is the... Because you can't consume cannabis where you're serving alcohol, period. <laughs> really? It, it, what no. is that, like an Ontario law? Like, I, I guess I'm sure. But you think, if you think about how insane that is. You're, we're li- yeah, it's, it. Cannabis is legal to consume, but it's not legal to consume in a licensed or I guess a, 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 per, a permitted uh, venue where alcohol is the permit. My question would be, why can't kind? And this isn't where I wanted to go, but I'll ask it anyway. Why can't the kind summer festival get a, get permitted? Hmm. They have a consumption area. There is a there is a consumption oh, okay. area. Okay. All right. And there and so there is. And so what but but and again I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I can tell you there are restrictions with how far that has to be from where alcohol is being served. Because the, because in Canada, citizens are children. That's what it is. Yep. Well, it's it's, it's it's it doesn't make sense because you're an eight you're in an age gated environment. I know. You are allowed to smoke cigarettes and drink, but you're not allowed to smoke. <laughs> well, that, so I was going to say that. Would it have something to do with secondhand smoke? But if you're allowed to smoke cigarettes, you're then outside. obviously that's off the table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We were outside. Well, like I've been, so to beer, I've been to beer fest. I've have drinking on those grounds lots and lots of times. People smoking cigarettes. And by the way, Jeff, still also smoking joints. Yeah. Yeah, remember those beer fests, Howard? You'd go and you'd drink your beers and you get hammered and get in a fight and stuff like that. All the time. Bro, that's why I went there. I'm like, that's why I went there. As soon as I got off the subway, Fred, I'm like, oh, it's beer brawling, beer brawling and bitches. Here I am. <laughs> Don't you look at me that way. Are you looking at me? Yeah. I'll kill you. Oh, that's <laughs> um, 
You know, it's funny. There, there's. Uh, I, I understand the the Ontario government, Canada. We're, we're. I think there's a. It's we're in a bit of a shift here where the government has a, is very clear about how to regulate alcohol. They're not totally clear how to deal with alcohol <laughs> or, or marijuana. Right. And I've said this to Fred before, Jordan, and maybe even you, because we all know that you can have a couple of beers and get in your car because in, the law says you're as long as you're below a certain alcohol volume right. level, you can drive. The same doesn't exist for weed because weed is thought of as either you're high or you're not high. So as soon as you smoke a joint, now you're high. But you're not high at the inebriated level. The same way that, like, I, if I take a puff of a joint, let's, to use the metaphor or the analogy, it's like a beer. I'm less inebriated, in fact, than if I had a beer. Do you know where I'm heading with this, Jordan? I do, but I need to clarify something because it's really important to, uh, to sort of make this distinction. The notion of I'm smoking a joint and... I'm getting high. Those are not one in the same. You can smoke CBD flower. No, I understand. Does not, no, but I, I'm more for the audience. Right? No, I so think the audience gets it. No, I know what you're saying. I, the uh, the thing is, there's no. It's and I've told the problem I see is the language doesn't exist for 100%. having a beer version of of smoking weed. And I there know that yeah, weed. not all weed gets you high, but we're just talking about t. If you ingest THC. There's, the government has a problem because there's no language around. Well, I can tell you that I saw it again yesterday. They have these signs on the on the 401 that say slightly high is too high. And my joke in my act is, no, it's not. <laughs> slightly high. I can talk to a cop. Too high. I see when I start to cry. So there's a big difference. Too, if I'm too high, I'm not leaving my house. So that's part of the problem with events like yours. And, and the government doesn't know how to regulate an allowable amount of THC yet. They will. I think the one thing, and I heard it articulated yesterday, and I thought it was really well said, um, the alcohol community, the alcohol industry, has been around for 100-plus years. We are in a nascent industry. So I think we need a little bit of time to catch up. I'm not making excuses for anyone. I'm just trying to rationalize the situation that alcohol has a head start here. Yeah. So, so I think that we need to be patient. I think that we need to ensure that the people making decisions that are in place making decisions are connected in some way or have an understanding of the plant. And the other part of it is we're all in end of one. The endocannabinoid system reacts differently for each and every one of us to met to different cannabinoids. So it's really hard. Alcohol is to say alcohol. Cannabis, there are so many different variables within the cannabis. Right. Um, let me throw this at you because it's something I've thought about not being much of a smoker, if, if at all, to be honest. Um, the aspect of invading space. Um, again, I was at a Blue Jay game a few weeks ago. We walk out, and the air was thick with marijuana. The smell of it, and to be honest with you, it was a little bit too strong for me. And somebody come back, yeah, that drunk beside me could bang into me, and you know, cause a whole different set of problems. But I just wonder, in some situations, you know, you talk about alcohol and you talk about marijuana. If I'm sitting having a beer, do I want to smell? that very pungent 
odor or whatever you want to call it from four or five tables over. What about that aspect of it? Because to someone who smokes all the time, maybe they're not thinking of that aspect of it. I am. I smoke all the time. I'm what mm-hmm. they call a very high functioning pothead. <laughs> and, um, Is that what we call ourselves? <clears throat> you can call me that. No, yeah, I'm high functioning pothead. Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't do that personally, you right. know, just because I'm a human and, and can, you know, have some appreciation for others, but it's an issue and it's something that we have to figure out. Sure. But yeah. consumption lounges are going to be, are, are, are coming online and going to be a thing. Um, should you be able to smoke cannabis on the patio where you're not allowed to smoke cigarettes? No, of course not. Absolutely not. I totally agree with that. Yeah, of course And I would tell you this. If you're smoking the kind of weed that makes that smell, smoke better weed. (laughs) (laughs) Because that is some stinky shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan, uh, the uh, Kind Summer Fair, uh, July 5 and 6, Portland's cool. It's going to be fun. Um, Before we go, because it wouldn't be an appearance of yours. Without some food questions. Now, again, I, I like the idea, and I'm going to start doing I'm going to start to take away some stuff and see if that helps my stomach. Because I can tell you, you know, doctors, GPs, they don't, they're great for a lot of things, but they're not into the minutia of food and, and supplements. That's not where they exist. So I've gotten some good advice from people like you. Mm-hmm. But let's just talk quickly some cooking techniques. Fred and I have had this discussion a bunch of times about cooking, steak cooking. You know what I've loved and, and this spring I've cooked more of are those big bone-in pork chops. I like them for a couple of reasons, not the least of which, and I made some a few weeks ago when I had the kids here. But you can get a whole bunch of them for 30 bucks. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You can get like a decent-ish steak for $30, but you can get a lot of pork. What are your thoughts on uh, that as a, uh, you know, people who may not barbecue pork chops because they just have to have their steaks? Yeah, listen, I love changing it up. I, I love, you know, I, I really subscribe to the notion that we need to walk different aisles and buy different products, right? To go outside of our comfort zone. Pork chops are great for the money. That's, you know, I love when my money goes a little bit further. Yeah. Using off cuts that, you know, instead of that strip loin or ribeye, try a top sirloin but pork for me honestly my kids love it and what i do is i'll put it in a brine before i cook it so a little bit of salt water and maple syrup because i don't use the refined sugar Mm -hmm. so that sort of you know sort of breaks down and enters into that pork and makes it extra juicy giving you a little bit more leeway on that cooking Mm -hmm. so even if you were to overcook it and you we've talked about resting our proteins for 30 to 50 percent of its cooking time so once you've rested that pork chop, amazing. But here's one secret. Here's one tip. Whether you choose to brine that pork chop or not, pan, sear, or grill, my favorite thing to do is take your favorite marinade, your favorite bar- barbecue sauce, your favorite vinaigrette, salad vinaigrette. You put it in a bowl. You take these pork chops off the barbecue or out of the pan, and you toss it in that vinaigrette or that oh. sauce the moment it comes out, and it starts to coat it. And that's... And I love. Okay, back back up again there. Hang on a second. What did you? What do you do? So 
I take same same premise applies for all my vegetables, mm-hmm. different fruits that I'm going to cook, and proteins. So I love instead of some, you know, a lot of times we'll put dry rubs or or wet marinades on something and then cook it. Yeah, like right? I, I do this pork marinade. It's mustard, honey, garlic in a bag, and you know some soy sauce, and I just mm-hmm. toss it up. That that that's the pre cooking stage. You're talking about something different. Post, like I, like toss on a chicken wing, right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. What I would do is I would take that mixture that you just that you just outlined, that sweet yeah, yeah. mixture of mustard and honey. I would have that in a bowl. When my pork chops come off the barbecue, I would put that in the bowl and toss it in that sauce again. Wow. So now you've got also a, a very different flavor profile because you've caramelized those sugars. You've caramelized the mustard that was on the outside originally, and now you're tossing it in and giving it a, a, a almost I love a different that. flavor profile. No, no, I love but it. It's, but but mm-hmm. it's built on the same flavors. Boy, I'm, I'm going to try that. A, a, a question I have uh, for you on, um, you know, uh, trying to save money and eat economically. Um, my buddy uh, put me onto this uh, butcher shop in uh, Mississauga, and they have what they call a hanger steak or a butcher's cut. And you don't see them everywhere, but they're very reasonably priced and always tender. Why do you not see that more often? So I'll drive, you know, I'll drive half an hour to this place to get these steaks. And they're about, you know, 10 bucks each, but it'll feed two of us and always tender, always delicious. And you're slicing it thin and you're slicing it thinly. Sometimes we have it on a bun and sometimes I just throw it on the plate and slice it thinly as I eat it. So, so... Hanger skates, those skirt steaks, those flank steak types of cuts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that is where people don't appreciate that they eat so beautifully. It's all in how you're cutting it. Number one, number one, first and foremost, always against the grain. In those steaks, in those cuts, you see very clearly where the lines of meat are going. You're okay. always going perpendicular to those lines of meat. Okay. That helps to make the meat very tender. But you're absolutely right. One of my favorite steaks, the hanger, the skirt type of steak, my favorite. Listen, right man, uh, what a wide-reaching conversation. It started off you talking about how much you liked us, and then we talked a little bit of food allergies, then we talked about the Kind Festival, then we talked about some regulation stuff, and then we finished it off with some food tips. I mean, if you want to go back to the beginning and just talk a little bit more about, you know, what Humble and Fred have meant to you over the <laughs> over the years, please take your time. You both look great. Thank you, pal. You both look great, I have to say. You look great. Yeah, you look healthy. Congratulations. Um, Jordan, we will uh, hopefully one day uh, get a chance to eat some of your food together uh, all together you me freddie mike uh, some people uh, until then stay healthy well and good luck with the festival and uh, we'll be catching up with you in a couple months okay there he is chef, pleasure, guys. chef jordan time. wagman thanks buddy what an excellent person he is hey freddie hey freddie yo yo um if you're going to do one of our uh, sponsors, right? Uh, I'll do the other. If you're not going to do that now, I'll do the other one. But uh, you go ahead and choose what you're going to do, and I will uh, make the uh, adjustment. 
Well, uh, we should mention the Stanley Cup final begins tonight, Howard. The yep. Colorado Avalanche hosts the Tampa Bay Lightning in what should be a great series. I haven't watched a lot of hockey uh, this playoff season, but this series I may tune in because it's uh, two fine teams. In Game 1 in Denver, uh, the Avalanche minus 160. Again, a decided favor. The over-under 6 on this game. And you can play this game, obviously, at Bodog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's Bodog. You know, I didn't uh, wear my health gauge watch last night. I had taken it off before bedtime because I had a massage. <laughs> There's one of the uh, one of the settings on my chair is good night sleep. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I do that like a twenty minute or just before I go upstairs. What? <laughs> what? No, you love that chair. It's I do. So I took off the health gauge watch. So when I woke up this morning, I had no idea how many hours I slept. Sounds like you're in a relationship. <laughs> I am. The, you know, I told you the, the, the chair's name is Alice. Like when you do the, when you do the, uh, like you, in, in voice activated, you say, hello, Alice. And she goes, I'm listening. That's literally the first. I'm like, wow, wow. You're, you're not like any woman I've ever met. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, my point is, every day, one of the first things I do is I check my health gauge Phoenix. Uh, not only do I want to see the quality of my sleep, but it's interesting to see, you know, I like to see if my blood pressure is, you know, uh, higher or if you want to look at your heart rate. There's so many other aspects to this that it's all part of the well-being. It's not just steps. Yes, they're there. Calories. Yes, that's that. You can track that. But at healthgauge.com, you'll find this Phoenix is uh, rises with so many other aspects, whether it's pulse wave, heart rate, uh, variability, and so many others. Keep track of your health at healthgauge.com and use the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG for a 15% off bonus at checkout. That's healthgauge.com. Check it out. And when you do, HUMBLEFREDHG for 15% off. Yeah, that was good, uh, that thing about uh, tossing the... But you know, it's yeah. funny, because I always use the marinade, especially for pork chops. And I just put it in a baggie, garlic, mustard, soy sauce, olive oil, some honey. It's like a classic pork chop. But I've never thought of, of setting that aside and then tossing it. Now, I didn't ask, did you get an answer? Do you, even if you've used that marinade, do you toss it again in the marinade at the end? And, I, and why not, really? Yes, and I I don't know if he's talking about the actual marinade he used or just taking a salad dressing, oil-based salad dressing or something and tossing it in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess either, Um, but the problem is that marinade from the beginning has been sitting with uncooked meat, so I'm not sure if you would want to do that. At the end, you might want something fresh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. Um, makes sense though. It, I, th- I think that's what they do in Al- in Italian restaurants with uh, with a pork chop. Because if I go to an it- Italian restaurant, and they have pork chop on the menu. Often I, I'll, I'll order it. And now that I think of it, that's what the presentation is like when it comes. It's like it's got something on it, not barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. No, I know it's, it's got uh, yeah something on it that's just so good. You know. 
I just like that. I'm going to try that because, and again, I find I find pork chops not only cheaper and easier to cook, but they do. You can. It can be a bit dry. The, 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 on the, when they're sort of just past medium, they, get, they start to dry out a little quicker. Absolutely. That, that marinade, that's a, that could be an antidote to my dry pork. Speaking of dry porking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, hello. Hello, Tim. I would, you know what? I would never say that if we weren't dear, dear friends. Hello, my friend. There Good he is. Morning, I, I, gentlemen, I'm getting hungry listening to you guys. I know. Here. I saw. I was at uh, the course yesterday with a, a, a colleague of ours, a fantastic guy, Bill Hertz, who used to when we first started this podcast was our main source of income and sales. And I said that uh, car right there. I said that's one of our clients. That's the retirement Sherpa, Bill. That's how far we've come. He was there getting his butt kicked in a singles match uh, last night. Oh, you were? Oh, yes, I was, yeah. No, oh, buddy. What? I needed to have my best uh, game to win, and uh, I did not. I was no Howard on Monday. So, describe getting your butt kicked. How does that work? Like, by several strokes, or what's the deal there? Oh, yeah, yeah I got I got kind of Stephen Ames'd uh, <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I was getting two strokes on the front nine to a guy who shot 38, and suffice it to say, I haven't shot 40 on the front nine for a while. So, yeah, it was oh. a tough day. It's a, it, it was match play. So, you basically, it doesn't matter what your total score is. You just win hole by hole. And whenever there's, oh, okay. whenever you've won enough holes, that there are more holes that you're up and there's less. So, when you've won four holes and there's only three holes to go, you, you're said to have won four and three. The reference, though, that Tim's talking about is a great golf reference. Years ago, Stephen Ames was just on the tour, kind of an up and coming, kind of, a, you know, bit of a character or whatever and he had a match to play against tiger woods and he said something to the effect of yeah i know you know tiger's not playing that well I, you know i think i can give him a good game or he might not whatever he chirped him and tiger came out and beat him nine and eight that means he won all he won nine of the first 10 holes and and the match was over just past the beginning of the back nine insurmountable yeah wow Anyway, uh, let me just say this. The retirement Sherpa is with us. He is uh, Tim Niblett. You're not. You don't, you're not qualified to Sherpa people. He is. Tim.niblett at RaymondJames.ca. Tim is also the club captain at the golf course that I'm also a member of. And it's, a, it's an honor to be parked a few uh, doors down from him. It's exciting when I pull into the parking lot. Well, just the mere presence of us so close to each other is exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, you, thank you for that reference to Monday's uh, personal best at Glen Karen. It was quite a uh, quite a day. Yeah, amazing. Wh- which nines were you on again? Uh, I know that was a long time ago. Uh, I think Speyside Leithfield. It ended on Leithfield. Yeah, I think no. I actually it might be Scotch Block. I was three under on the front, two under on the back. It was crazy, amazing, absolutely amazing. I've got uh, my Tampa Bay Lightning shirt on tonight, Fred. Just uh, in honor of the NHL playoffs, there. Yes, uh, I, uh, I was thinking about that yesterday. What it we? What it must be like to be a Tampa Bay Lightning fan? 
<laughs> and be rewarded so much over the past few years. Yeah, well. so, I can imagine it's, it's awkward, awkward for you because you can. I mean, I'm, I'm sure part of your imagination can get your head around. I might see this team maybe before I die win, but you ain't going to see a three-peat. <laughs> You're not going to no. see the Leafs dynasty. No. Uh, well, and I'm not. I'm, I think it's cool that you're uh, cheering for the uh, Tampa Bay. You know, you know, Tim spends a good amount of his uh, year in Florida, and of course, what Tim is also doing is helping people through uh, the good times, and uh, there are some bad times. And uh, let's start with today. What? How would we? How would you look at what's going on in the markets right now? As I quickly try and find the uh, notes you gave us, but uh, maybe you can begin. And, uh, you know, just lead this and tell us uh, where we're going in the in the world of the markets and that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I mentioned, uh, my kind of uh, 30th anniversary in the biz uh, present on Monday was some markets entering bear territory, which means they've dropped 20 percent off of their highs. So, you know, at, at times like this, perspective is kind of high on the priority list uh, there. It's not fun. It's happened before. It's going to happen again. It always straightens out. So one of the things we've got to do during times like this is uh, stay rational when markets and and investors appear to be behaving. You could actually also say slash computers appear to be behaving uh, irrationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't it funny, though, when it comes to money, people become irrational. And obviously, you're in the same situation when times are good. People just assume that's the way it that's the way it is. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be when I invest money. But as you say, you know, you got to you got to look at that long term graph, because as you say, it comes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down. Well, you know, markets are full of people, right? Mm-hmm. And computers programmed by people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's becoming a more and more uh, sizable portion of, of the trading on a daily basis. But, hey, there's uncertainty right now, and people don't like uncertainty, right? We've yes. got the the inflation, of, of course. We've got central banks trying to figure out what to do with interest rates. We, we've got the war. We've got the COVID continuing. We've got China having problems because of COVID. But... Other than that, yeah. Other than that, um, there's a few things in the article I found. This there's a few things I love, and you know we're talking about the worldwide economy is having a difficult time. However, Canadian U.S. economies are in relatively good shape versus the rest of the the planet. And then the phrase "we're the cleanest dirty shirt in the laundry." Sort of speak to that. Like, are, we may not be having a great time, but we're definitely positioned better here versus some of the other jurisdictions. Right. Expectations are stronger for North America. Uh, the U.S. has been a leading light, uh, you know, political joy aside for, for quite a while. Uh, Canada won last year, is doing better so far this year. They've lost a bit, but not as much, which is somewhat abnormal. Usually, uh, the U.S outstrips canada on on average uh but yeah conditions like we got right now really help uh, uh financials and and energy and the canadian market is made up of a lot of that mm-hmm. and i guess in your position a lot of people uh would ask the question how long tim when is this going to turn around there's no definitive answer for, for that other than it will 
yeah, you know, sadly, uh, us having a, a meeting or a conversation about this uh, doesn't indicate the end by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right. bottoming, as the term goes. Uh, I, I do kind of feel, and, and certainly not just myself, uh, many more learned types that I follow, um, days like last Friday, days like Monday, usually there's just that little bit of last-minute craziness before things straighten around. And again, I'm not saying that's going to happen this week by any means, but... You know, part of why we're having inflation is there's a lot of companies making money, so they should be going up in value, not down in value right now. So Hmm. um, disruption brings a lot of opportunity, too. So if you've got the right money managers on on your side, they can find some companies that have been, uh, you know, the proverbial baby throwing it with the bathwater, right? Ones that are uh, much Mm -hmm. better metrics, much better... uh, businesses and going to bounce back mm-hmm. much better as well well we've learned this from you and, uh, and it's 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 true that emotions drive markets and the trick i guess is to be emotionally neutral when it comes to you know all of a sudden freaking out and going to cash and taking your money out and trying to time the markets because as you began at the beginning of this as you began at the beginning um it's always been this way. They, you know, the problem with us is that we're so impatient and then we get worried. And again, part of being our age is you think, well, how how long can I wait for it to come back before I'm moving into Fred's shed? <laughs> it's a nice shed, though. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a very Lovely nice one. shelving. Mm. Yeah, you, you know, uh, we, we've talked uh, in the past about the emotional disconnects about this and other things, of course, as well. So, hey, it doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention, uh, although some people are better off not opening their statement. <laughs> that's okay, too. It'll, yep. it'll, it'll be fine. Yep. I, I do half-jokingly <laughs> say when things are good, pay attention. When things are bad, let us take care of things, yep. right? And, and it's true. I like that uh, philosophy, though. <laughs> sure, right? Because we're watching... We're watching every single day somebody's doing something on your portfolio within the funds you own or the ETFs or stocks or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, something's always happening every every day. But, yeah, it, again, doesn't mean that, that you shouldn't review whether your uh, portfolio mix is correct currently and going forward and for your comfort level and for your needs. So uh, it, it's still a very good time to keep on top of things. We're just in the midst of going through uh, a pretty in-depth portfolio review of our model portfolios with uh, one of our uh, our partners. So it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. And it was, as you've said many times over the years, um, times like this uh, also uh, presents opportunity. So there can be an upside. Yeah, we just had a client in yesterday who's getting an awesome, very well-deserved bonus, super uh, helped a a company uh, do very, very well and is is getting rewarded appropriately. Well, you know, the good news is this is a pretty darn good time to be entering the market, Mm -hmm. right? Not not necessarily all at once or all in the same Mm -hmm. spot by any means, but yeah, for people with RSP, TFSA, whatever uh, contributions, uh, intuitively, they might not want to do it right now because of the the choppiness but uh in every time this this has happened guys and i've been through a few of these over the years uh once it straightens out you go shoot those are such great opportunities Mm -hmm. to take advantage of Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. absolutely well that was one of the first things and i read this years ago that buffett said that you know um mcdonald's isn't going to start isn't going to stop serving 
hamburgers and ABC isn't going to stop producing shows and Disney won't, you know, they'll still be a Disney. So when those mark, when those companies become available at maybe a lower price, that's the time to invest in them. Yeah, that Jimmy Buffett, he's more than just a singer. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. That's how you get a hold of him. I don't know why this is also... There we go. little emotion as we say goodbye today. <laughs> Tim, any final thoughts, my friend? You seem stumped. Well, I always feel emotional when we say goodbye, so I guess that's an appropriate song there, right? Okay, so, buddy. Looks right like on. a beautiful day. If you're in the GTA, make sure you hydrate and uh, enjoy and profit. I will see right you. On. I hope to see you a little bit later today just to... You know, talk over your emotional state as a golfer. I'm always there for you. Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. Thanks, Timmy. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, there buddy. you go. Retirement Sherpa. You know, Fred. What? You know, why is there music over the years that you didn't appreciate enough at the time? Oh, this is a great song. It's another band, right? That was just over there for me. Yeah. But, and 40 years later, it's like, wow, they were good. Well, wow. yeah, we talked about that last year when the uh, Bee Gees documentary came out. Yeah. It's just amazing how many songs they have. Uh, you know what else is amazing? Draft Kings Sportsbook, one of America's uh, top-rated sportsbook apps, has arrived in Ontario. Now, by now, you know you can legally bet on all your favorite sports, from MMA to hockey to hoops, playoffs, so much more. You can bet special parlays and spreads and money lines and more. Plus, do it now from anywhere in the province. Join the action. Download the app and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. Get excited. As uh, you can tell, we are. DraftKings Sportsbook is live. Go to the App Store now. Download the Sportsbook app that's offering 2-1 to odds on a team to score a goal during the playoffs in June. And uh, you said to me, uh, Tampa Bay and uh, Colorado starts tonight, right? Yes. Get in the action now then. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 19 plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See sportsbook.draftkings.com for details. If you have a gambling problem, call Connex Ontario. 1-866-531-2600. Please play responsibly. In this world, Dan, are you, uh, f- your rehearsal, uh, your show is tomorrow night, are you any more rehearsing? Are you rehearsing your show? Yeah, I did the rehearsing yesterday. Uh, yeah. Went down to the uh, Peterborough Theatre Guild and did a little uh, stage work there with uh, Lisa. All right. And uh, so we seem to be pretty ready to go, but yeah. she wants to do another, uh, maybe a quick afternoon uh, mm-hmm. reversion of it, and then, uh, then we'll be ready. So you, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you actors, uh, once you finished your work for the day, I guess it's all hot and you're you're sweaty and like, hey, we really connected today. And then there's music playing and you embrace and then, Mm. you know, that type of thing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wow. You you really nailed it there. Oh, yeah. Did you? Speaking of nailing it, did you? (laughs) (laughs) I can't say a thing now. Who does that remind me? (laughs) Who does that remind me a little bit of scruff there for a second? Ah, speaking of nailing it. (laughs) (laughs) Beaten meats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, scruffy. Oh, scruffy. 
That's true. There was actually a place called, you know, the little town of Beaton, and it was called Beaton Meats. And he latched on to that. I think he actually had a deal with them or something. Good for him. <laughs> well, we would have. You know, hey, we're not too proud to have done that. Oh, it was great. Beaten meats. I, I was talking to his son on the weekend who's become a big-time real estate agent in mm. Winnipeg now and has no interest in getting back into the radio business. Good for him. That's TJ Connors, yeah. Good lad. Uh, very good lad. Speaking of good lads, here's one right in front of us, everyone. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care. My voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, live from Lakeside, just a mere meters away from Fred's trailer. And after the show, I guess you guys, do you guys get together and uh, do a hot tub or whatever happens? Well, yesterday we spent the day working on Buddy Darren's dock, so it was a nice afternoon. So you're like dock workers now. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are dog yes, yes. yeah. yeah. Man, you guys. Yeah. You guys Recovering got from the big uh, the big storm, right? You so got it have. all. You got it all, man. You're lake people. You're dog workers. Mm-hmm. Here's Dan Durant. <clears throat> we uh, missed the opportunity yesterday to wish Donald Trump a happy birthday. Yeah. Yesterday, he turned 76 years old. And, of course, we could have contributed to his birthday card. John... Don Jr., on the same day, actually, as the revelations of the January 6th committee on Trump's stolen election grift, asked MAGA fans to sign his official birthday card. Mm. Here's some passages from that email. Yep. My father has done so much for this great country, and I know it would mean so much to him to see your name on his official birthday card. This is President Trump's only official birthday card. (laughs) So make sure you sign this one and not the other fake ones out there. Hurry, there's not much time left. I can only save your spot for 20 minutes. And how much was that worth? Well, as little as a buck, or uh, they had other uh, other options. Yeah, other options. You know, like a twenty dollar up to up to two hundred twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, I would have spent a buck to say fuck off and die. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When I heard he was turning seventy six. That was his birthday age yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, this is uh, the absolute truth. I thought to myself, why won't you hurry up and die, Donald Trump? <laughs> and then I started sing- singing that to myself, a la Cork in the Juice Pigs kind of vibe. Hurry up and die, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Hurry up and have a painful death, painful death. When will you depart this planet, you fucking asshole, Danichippe? Uh, what what was that? Wood chipper. You Don chipper. Yeah. Chipper? Sorry, I got oh, mixed up there at the end. Uh, yeah, wood hey. chipper. That's my nickname for him. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> we had this conversation yesterday while repairing the dock. Dock workers. Right? And I believe I just like Howard said. I said he must be. He he must go. Like he must. He must. He must uh, decease. Yeah. Remember yes. that song the guys used to do? Die. He must die. He must die. I Humble and fat must die. Hi, they must die. We should do that, Dan. We should do that for Donald Trump. Die, he must die. die. Donald Trump Donald must Trump die. Must die, mm-hmm. die mm-hmm. he must die. How is he still a fucking alive? He looks like he's a fucking 
bulbous, sweaty, misshapen, incontinent drug. I, I saw a picture, a close-up of his face. He looks like he has been snorting something for a very long time. His nose is all fucked up. Oh, yeah. Ah, fuck. Fuck. Mm. <laughs> fucked up. Fucked up nose. <laughs> He reminds right. me of one of those uh, bobblehead things that are in the, you know, your hang on your car a dashboard. Yes. Those bobbleheads, <laughs> you know? Yes. <clears throat> anyway. Well spoken, Dan Duran. Yeah. Um, Dan, we have a, a we're, we're, uh, we have committee. We have a committee we're forming uh, oh, with uh, chairmen's uh, Fred and Howard. Well, I love uh, committees. You're welcome to be here. Uh, if you have oh, any, yes. you're you're, right. you're going to be on the committee. You're on the committee because it's. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, you're on Great. the. Yeah. You're a committee person. You're a committee okay. person. Uh, you're part call of the, the uh, call the committee to order. Is there? We're going to call this committee to order. Yeah. Uh, judges Humble and Fred uh, presiding, and uh, much like the J six uh, investigation, there's been uh, things going on behind the scenes, We're trying to speak to witnesses, and we've called together. Uh, some of the players. Uh, I will call to uh, our uh, our select committee calls Toronto Mike, uh, a.k.a. Mike Boone, who has been producing this program lovingly for the last couple of years, but has been a friend of ours and a supporter of ours. In fact, we've told the story of the very first podcast we did at Dan Duran's home, which is why he's on the committee, uh, was arranged uh, with the help of Mike Boone. In fact, Mike put that first podcast onto the internet as we used to call it and that was back in 2006 (laughs) so we've known Mike a long time Um, Chairman uh, Fred do you have any opening remarks Um, other than what we're about to hear is very disheartening and um, disturbing as friends of uh, this fine young man who has been accused of things that he could not even imagine or mm-hmm. have no. crossed through his brain, let alone do them. Uh, so, um, how are we going to on? How is this? Well, well first of all, Chairman for? Fred, Chairman Howard, um, I take back the, the time for a second. Uh, I'm just a bit curious why we called uh, this gentleman to our select committee hearing and yet uh, didn't uh, comb his hair. But that's a different story. <laughs> Fucking Boone. If I had Boone's, seriously, if I had Boone's hair, I would burn mine. His hair is so luscious and strong. Anyway, Boone. Howard Fred, do you know where you two were nine years ago tonight? Where were you? Uh, dude, you're talking. I, I didn't know if I put deodorant on this morning, so well, I don't know. So nine that was, years that. That was June fifteenth, two thousand nineteen. Or no, when 13. is it? Thirteen. Thirteen. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Uh. So on this day in twenty thirteen, you two were in the distillery district, dressed in your finest threads, oh, attending my wedding uh, right. to Monica. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't recall that event. Uh, <laughs> Chairman <No>, Glass. <laughs> yeah. Chairman oh, Howard um, has. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll be not speaking to that issue. This is not my trial, Boone. What's interesting? Still not allowed in the Philippines. Yeah, apparently. What's interesting about that? It was 2013. We had been doing the podcast, obviously, for a couple of years by then. And I still didn't have my head fully around the fact that you had a drinking problem. I didn't. Isn't that weird? Because you were at that wedding, obviously, overindulging and then, you know, ultimately making a fool of yourself. And uh, I, excuse I, me. You know, is there a gavel? A I'm sorry. Let's just bring what? this to order. 
How is this? We, well, it's humble. Howard is not on trial here today. Okay. Uh, although I do remember that afternoon because you and I uh, and Doll and Lady Friend. Yes, that's right, mm-hmm. Lady Friend. Uh, we went to. We met you guys for drinks prior to. Well, do you remember that? Yes. Sitting there in that bar in the afternoon. So our drinking, yes. my drinking that day started pretty early, yeah. and then it got pretty. Uh, hey. If I may, Your Honor. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. sorry. You know, not Your Honor. Chairman Humble. Chairman, Chairman Fred. The committee member. Committeeman Dan Duran. Okay. Somewhere in the Toronto Mike archives, Anthony Petrucci came over, delighted to tell the full story of yeah. oh, Howard yeah. going into the kitchen. And yes, then, we all know. Uh, you know, he, he drunk off yes. his ass and drunk, then making drunk. a speech and offending the entire country of the yes, Philippines. Yes, the Philippines and I but, so. Happy anniversary to my beloved wife, Monica. Nine years, still madly in love, and just, it's amazing I'm still on a show with you guys. And it's you guys a wonderful story. It is. And, and you know, this is by way of background, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that Toronto Mike <laughs> only stands for goodness. Like, okay. you may not like every podcast that's out there. You may not, you know, have an opinion about whether we are doing a good job or he is or Dan, that's fine. You know, you can be critical of content without being personally critical of a, you know, uh, critical of a person's character. So content is fine. Say you don't like the show. That's fine. Not everyone does. You don't like my voice. You don't like my delivery. I'm just saying in general, you know, like in general, you don't like the jokes I tell on stage. That's fine. You don't have to. But what we're about to present, and we're going to get to it eventually. <laughs> With the chair recognized. Hold on, Dan committee Durant. member. Chairman, chairman Humble recognizes committeeman Dan Duran. The thing about these committees is they take a long time. Can we get to the point at some point? How dare you? Oh, why do you have to be somewhere? <laughs> oh, I'm do you sorry. Have to be somewhere, yeah, do you have to jump in the fucking know. lake and wash your balls? Is that what's. <laughs> I don't know the name Order. of this committee. I don't Order. know what's coming. Order. Got important. Sorry. Sorry, what Fred. You just, what you just said, too, if you don't like someone's product, you know, there's no reason to get personal. You just don't like their product. But what we're about to hear is. Much beyond that. Yes. This is personal uh, accusations that are just untrue. Uh, you know, it, so it's beyond like I don't like that guy's show. I think it sucks. He's a fucking asshole. This is this is more than that, which is which has really been bothering me for some time now. Thank you, Chairman Fred. Uh, Chairman uh, Humble Chairman recognizes uh, the complainant or complainant. <laughs> Recognize. We, we call our first witness. witness. <laughs> Toronto Mike Boone. Mike, why don't you uh, explain to the people what we're talking about? Sure. Okay. So I'll I'll start by saying. I actually dropped a special piece of audio in the Toronto Mike feed this morning. So there's actually a link in the chat for this Facebook uh, stream as well. So there's episode 1066. The first half hour is all this new content. So I know you guys don't have a half an hour. So I'm going to give you the Humble and Fred version, which is like well, two minutes. We do, but apparently Dan No, does. yeah, we would love to listen, but Dan's got so he, Mike, I don't know if you've heard, to the chase, but Committeeman Dan is rehearsing for a non-speaking part in a musical where he just stands around like a fucking mannequin being twirled by his girlfriend. But he's got places go ahead, to Mike. go. I'm sorry, Mike. So again, the f- 30 minutes, if you want the full story, the full right. context, go to episode well, 1066. But give us the, uh, the top yeah, line or whatever people okay. call that, yeah. 
So what's interesting to me is this story goes back all the way to 2009, and it actually has a Humble and Fred component. This piece of audio I dropped in 1066 features Humble and Fred show uh, audio, because let me tell you the quick story as fast as I can here, which is in 2009, Fearless Fred Kennedy is recruited from a station in Edmonton to work on The Edge 102 in Toronto. Okay? So Fearless Fred moves from Edmonton to Toronto to be on 102.1. As I I cover radio, I've been doing so since 2002, I wrote about this. But like you said, Howard, all the fair game stuff, how he broadcasts his persona on the air, all that stuff that's fair game for a radio professional. I have you know, nothing to do with his personal life at all. I don't touch that with a 10-foot pole. But at some point in 2009, Fearless Fred gets his wires crossed. It, it gets his wires crossed and somehow conflates or decides that some bad things that are happening to him and his family online are actually my doing. And he goes on your show, Humble and Fred podcast, in 2011, and you guys have him on the phone. And Howard, because you knew about another interview he did where he said basically that he hates Toronto Mike, you asked him about his relationship with Toronto Mike, and Fearless Fred goes into this long, rambling diatribe about how I've made his life a living hell, and uh, you know the Toronto Mike, they, they did terrible things about his wife and his family. But he doesn't give specifics. But this happens in 2011. Kelly Cotrera is on that show. And that audio is in 1066 if you want to hear it. But let's fast so, forward. No, no, no. Let's just take your time for a second. So oh, okay. yeah. during take a conversation. Take your time. Yeah, Dan, if you take have to go uh, jump in the lake for your morning uh, bath, uh, you let us know. Okay. All right. Um, but to be clear. Yes. E- even, at, even when he was on our podcast in, you say, 2011. 2011. Right. He, he had already a problem with you. And, and then this is the part I need to be clear about that we yeah. should be clear. Yeah. What he thought you did mm-hmm. was Photoshop pictures of his wife at a gangbang. Into gangbang photos. Yes. Into gangbang photos. And, and so that's one part of the story. And share it on my platform. Share it on your platform. That's one. Um, another th- part of this same story is that you've been accused of. Yes. The somehow causing or making a, an entry about how fearless Fred caused our friend Marty streak right to kill himself. And by right. the way, someone that fearless Fred and the other knucklehead didn't even fucking know. Right. So right. please well, the other continue. I might've known him, but we'll get, no, to I don't okay. think you did. Did he? Yeah. Oh, maybe so, you did. Um, yeah, I don't know, but they worked together for a while, but, but yes. So these are the key two things that are in Fearless's Fred, Fearless Fred's head since 2009 that I photoshopped. I, Toronto Mike, photoshopped pictures of his wife's face into gangbang photos and shared it with the masses via my platform. That's the first uh, thing he believes I did. And the second thing is I spread this myth that Fearless Fred caused the suicide of Martin Streak. Right. And that resulted, according to Fred, that resulted in hundreds and hundreds of emails, abusive emails to him, because I, Toronto Mike, declared mm-hmm. that Fred caused Streak to hang himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is all 2009 and then going into 2011 on your show. But Fred has the good sense never to put any of this on 102.1 or... Q107 where he's working today so he Mm -hmm. never puts it in the public realm but apparently he's sharing this story with colleagues and friends for years because Derringer's story this is key Jennifer Valentine drops that video the Saturday of the long weekend in May May 2-4 weekend then at some point 
I, as a uh, guy who covers this kind of thing, this is what I do, Toronto Mike, I put a post on torontomike.com, I call it the allegations against John Derringer, and I say, here's Jennifer Valentine's video, here's Jackie Delaney on Toronto Mike, here's a, t- here's a tweet from Maureen Holloway, here's what Andrea Ruse is saying, this is what Howard says that uh, Colleen Rushholm says, right. this is what Priya Duvetti said, I aggregate the story of woman, that's what I do. I, By the way, most of these women reached out and thanked me for being an ally for putting up that post. I'll put Absolutely. Up. This somehow triggers... <clears throat> Former CFNY morning show man, the guy who took over for Humble and Fred, Dean Blundell. Because Dean Blundell, who has gone at me ruthlessly in the past on his podcast for reasons I never understood until last week. But he would basically talk about how much he hated me and what a loser I am and what a horrible person I am. And he would say this often. I responded in 2018 to a bunch of lies he put on his podcast. But now we are at the Tuesday after the Jennifer Valentine video where Dean goes on his podcast, and this is a short audio I could play if you yeah, want. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely said, play it. So let's play, play it. it. This is what <laughs> Dean Bundell puts on his and, podcast. And so far, uh, the committee always wants to, uh, again, all of this vitriol that was directed at you in 2018 and since 2011 was all, to be clear, and yes. one of the reasons I wanted to mention the right. fact that we know Mike very well. Right. I don't know many people that would do this, but I know one person that would never do it. It's you. There's no way I've actually never well, photoshopped anyone that, into any human. Sorry, Fred, you go ahead. I was going to say. I no, 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 no. I'm just, I, I'm just backing up Howard. It's like we know you. I, we've known you for how many years now? Uh, going on 20 years, maybe. And the thing is, we know you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't even think of doing that. Yeah, no, and that's what I, I wanted to mention. Before you play this clip, and, and, and we're going to get into the fact that we've all kind of reached out to these people through various yeah. channels. But it's right. all the, the, the really weird shitty part there's a lot of shitty parts not the least of which we feel for you because mm-hmm. it's shit honestly well, there's no one that clip but, and then everyone will feel more for me well no so I, they will in a second i'm just going to say this this is all a mistake somebody right. did this it's someone the, else the thing that i'm pissed off at fred about not fred real fred but other fred fearless fred is that the fucking guy has been perpetuating this lie right and i would say to him prove it fred right. okay, that's right on your show, actually, there's zero evidence at all because it doesn't exist. So he talks about all these things I'm doing, but never once does he give any like, specifics. Like, because we're going to get into the, we're going to get into some legal things here. But there's going to be a right. point where you prove that lie, right. or you're or you're you could be in trouble too. Please, Mike, continue. Okay, so I just I'm going to play this because this is the short one because I'll just describe the long one which comes up. But this is I'll a play again, the long one. Too. Okay, play this it all. Okay, this is the Tuesday after. The Jennifer Valentine video and my Derringer post, which seems to trigger Dean. So let's listen to Dean Blundell on his very public podcast on May 25th, 2022. And I'll also say this, that a lot of the people that have come forward to dunk on this individual who is since been fired as of this morning, that show does not exist. Is that 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 official? Confirmed. Official. Yes. That his show does not exist. A lot of fucking losers are coming out to dunk on him right now. Like this asshole Toronto Mike. He is the biggest piece of shit on this planet. He is a radio jock sniffing piece of shit who is using like legitimate terror of individuals on all sides of this to up his profile. Stay away from him. He's human fucking garbage. Okay. Yeah. Nice. eh? Yeah. Great. I've heard it a hundred times. Yeah. Fuck it. Every time I hear it. Mm hmm. 
I can't tell you how it's so. You know what, dude? It is. It's so, so articulate. Yeah. That's that. You know, the thing is, is <laughs> yeah. very, very articulate. Well, again, yeah. I'm not talking about the person's content or delivery. <laughs> I am talking. Why it bothers us so much is it's just so unfair and so mis guided and misrepresented and and he's he's ran, and calling somebody all those things for what mm-hmm. to so you sound provocative and cool and the fact is it's based on an, a lie it's based on something that's not true but for some reason mike he has a stink on about you that goes back years and now i guess we know why but the other part of it too you know you say what you want about the toronto mike Mm-hmm. blog or podcast but I, you've got a pretty big audience i don't think that guy or others in the industry have any idea like i don't know how many podcasts he's done but it ain't a thousand plus and it ain't and the fact that he talks about you being a radio jock sniffer look at the lineup of guests and people that have been on toronto mike that picture on the cover of the toronto star that isn't some guy in his basement who's just doing a podcast talking about the radio industry where's where's the great dean blundell's cover of the toronto star well yeah and you know the radio community has embraced mike that's the, the, the thing. You're not a jock sniffer. You filled a void because the public, you know, uh, the Toronto Sun and Toronto Star used to do radio columns and they no longer do. They haven't forever. And you sort of filled right. that void. And the community, other than a couple of people, this guy in particular, yeah. have embraced you. They like what you do. They go to your uh, blog to find out what's going on in the industry. And, that- and you're always fair. In that Derringer post where I tried to be so fair, I said, I'm going to write this as objective as I can. And I didn't even say any opinion. He's terrible. I never said anything like that. So, by the way, uh, I wrote that. And it's funny because Dean Blundell says, I'm piling on. I'm a loser piling on Derringer, right? Yeah. I was the fucking pile. There was nothing until the mainstream media woke up from their long weekend uh, and started, you know, doing something later on on the Tuesday. But for the whole weekend until the Tuesday, forget piling on. I was the fucking pile. Like, that was all there was on the World Wide Web. Ask anyone who followed the story that weekend. It was, there was, I wrote that aggregation, and so I wasn't piling on. I literally was, was the pile. No, anyway. I, I, no, I know what you mean. So without playing the other audio where he goes on to explain how, oh. again, without evidence that Fearless Fred has been perpetrating or perpetuating this story now, with nothing to connect, I would love to know a couple things. Which is who did Photoshop that? Who if cares it happened, if it happened? Knows? But somehow, and 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 you know. So what are what steps will you be taking? No, the committee recognizes witness Mike Boone. So again, so that was the first Tuesday. He just says that, but at the time, it shocked me to hear Dean's words like that because I actually at the point at that point I didn't know what he was talking about. Like literally, mm-hmm. what is he fucking talking about? Like yeah. he's not talking about me. Who's he talking about? And then a couple of Tuesdays later. I come up again on the Dean Blundell podcast and he goes for six and a half minutes or something elaborating why I'm the piece of shit. Fearless Fred was golfing with him and told him a bunch of stuff. I photoshopped his wife's face into that gangbang picture. I blamed him for the suicide of Martin Street, neither of which I did. I want to just repeat that again. I had nothing to do with either of those things. They got the wrong guy. So this is, and his co-host, by the way, those, and I named them in my show. I can't remember their names now, but they're laughing at me because I asked Dean to leave me alone. Like they're literally, Mm -hmm. this is a guy being bullied by a big, 
big cyber bully who's saying, please leave me alone. Go pick on someone else. And they're laughing at me. Like they're literally, and you should hear this laughter. Okay. So that clip is longer. I know you don't have the appetite for a six minute clip because I would play it if you wanted, but it is in episode 1066. So I hear this and now there's specifics of things I didn't do. So I talk to my lawyer and there's a three prong attack, if you will. I won't call it an attack, but a strategy. Like first thing is I did a very thorough content audit of torontomike.com. Every word I ever wrote about fearless Fred Kennedy and every comment left about fearless Fred. Is there anything in there at all that could have been misconstrued into something about his wife? Because obviously I didn't Photoshop any images into a gangbang. I would never fucking do that. But there is no content on torontomike.com ever about fearless Fred even having a wife anything about his family and i'm very very thorough if somebody wants to criticize howard for being not funny that's fair game it can stay it's not but fair somebody, game but that's uh, that's another story so that's goes so the, howard and says, oh howard's his the, armpits stink when i need it just my left one to come order just my left armpit uh, so prong one so the first thing yeah. is you did a content, content audit right. to to make sure that there's nothing on your site public site right, right. with a reference what's uh, the other uh, things you're going to do Second is make a very earnest attempt to get a private, a private unrecorded conversation with fearless Fred Kennedy to make sure, even though we're 13 years later, to let Fred know, because he's the source of this, apparently, these lies. So let Fred know he's got the wrong guy. He's been wrong about me for 13 years. So I did my best through multiple channels, including calling mutual friends in the business. Uh, I won't put their names on this show, but... I've tried my best and I've been unable to get a uh, conversation with him because he's been hating my fucking guts since 2009 and he's yeah. not going to hear from me. So, wow. well, wait, so he, he doesn't want to <clears throat> he doesn't want to have a conversation with you. No, and I even told him, I said, this is what Dean just said on his podcast. This is not true. You have the wrong guy. Here's my phone number. Please call me. And I was, because he follows me on Twitter, so I was sending these DMs. Yeah. He's not replying. So then I actually publicly tweeted at him, because I know he checks public. He's tweeting all the time. I said, I fearless. I said, please, Fred, please check your DMs. My phone number's in there. It's very important you call me. And then when I couldn't get a response through these channels, I reached out to a mutual friends and tried that way. Right. So here we are. And, but all along, so this all happened eight days ago, this final Dean Blundell uh, libel. So I had the third piece of the strategy, which is have a piece of audio ready to drop Wednesday morning. So just uh, all it is, is, and I, I try to do straight, I'm angry in it, but I'm fair and balanced, and I play clips of Fred on your show, and I play uh, clips of Dean on his show, and I respond in my words, and I explain the truth, and I put that out into the universe this morning, just before I hopped on with you guys. So now, my next plan is to ignore everything Dean Blundell says for the rest of time. That's the next plan. Well, yeah. It's interesting because it's very difficult now for them to admit they were wrong. Yeah, I'm just going to say that, yeah. So that avoidance will continue. I mean, it can be easily fixed because there's not two sides to this story. It's just untrue and not right. Yeah. And the best thing, the appropriate measures are them to publicly say, hey, we blew this. Horrible things were said about this decent man. We are sorry. We're embarrassed through this. It shouldn't have happened. We got some bad information. Got bad information. Uh, calling him a piece of shit and human garbage. Might have, I might have been offside when I did when that. Wasn't, right. He that doesn't is, know me at all. Like, even when he talks about the show, he has no clue what's going on here. No, but that's the decent thing to do. And I, you know, and I would tell, tell him it, it really is the best thing to do because then you get it out in front of it. You admit you were wrong and you can move on. But now if this is perpetuated, you know, on 
on Dean's blog, he often attacks the mainstream media, but here here he is almost guilty of the same thing, right? Right. right. Misinformation and it's interesting. You know, my and, hope is that they'll hear that episode. Both Fred and Dean will hear it and then realize they were wrong, and then uh, correct the record and then apologize <laughs> because this is a very big distraction. It, annoyance. It, well, and it's, and it's unfair. All of that. It's unjust. It's unfair. And I'm just looking at this thing I read on the show yesterday from Carl Sagan about you know basically it was in reference to you know you wonder how can people be so sucked in even during this they found you know like the idea being like you get the facts but you've been you know you believe the the big lie long enough that it's too painful to go back and and rescind it because you're so deep into it and and one of the things i have the quote in front of me he says um it's simply too painful the bamboozle has captured us so this lie that that fred has been telling about you now, he again, I'm disappointed in him because I say, okay, fucker, show us where my, Toronto Mike photoshopped your wife in a gangbang. Because if you can't show us that, maybe you should shut the fuck up. But the bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've, that we've been taken. So even if Fred in somewhere is going to hear about this and go, Jesus, I, I guess I got the wrong guy, but I've been, telling, I've been shit-talking him for 10 years, he's not going to come on and go, well, you know, I was wrong. He won't, because it's too fucking, he's too deep into it. And the other guy, of course... I'm disappointed in him for other reasons. I thought he was beyond this. I really did. I reached out to him. You know, I said, hey, we should talk. And what I was going to say was, I know this guy. Say what you Mm -hmm. want about anything, but you got the wrong guy. And furthermore, he's a fucking friend of ours. Yes. Yes. Uh, It's just, it's, it it is so unfair. Yeah. (laughs) And, and again, it could all be rectified today. I mean, it really could be. Well, I'm going to say one last thing, too. If those guys have any, if they they had any idea how much more respect the radio community and the people involved in it have for you than them, it would, you know, that made they, like, you know, they might want to have, they might want to have sat this one out. They might want to have gone to the sidelines during the Derringer thing. Not so much Fred, but the other guy, but seriously. And you can say what you want. Oh, Howard's had his fucking problems. Not like this. No. Not like you. You know, and on, on some level, repeating it, as Dean did, is almost worse than the original thing. Because it's bad enough that Fred has the wrong information. But especially when you're presenting yourself as a blog or a, some kind of a news outlet or information outlet. Right. And to latch on to that without any real, again, due diligence or investigative uh, aspect to it. It's like, that's not good. And not even the, like a, not even a minimal attempt to try to understand what's going mm-hmm. on here before you spew that. The big difference is so Fred Fred, who's the source of that, I guess, is uh, telling it privately, whereas Dean is broadcast. And I don't know how many listeners he's got, but I had at least you know a one tweet of like, "Is this true?" What he said about you at the hour twenty five mark, and then suddenly I'm in a position where I have to explain to people. No, I didn't Photoshop Fred Kennedy's wife into a gangbang photo and share it via my platform as if that, that's anything I would do. Oh, anyway, I know. Anyway, I had two options. So basically, yes, I, this is black and white, you know, def- defamation. So I could file a suit, a libel suit, right? But there's that, which is, you know, pricey and lengthy. And apparently, uh, according to my lawyer, uh, Dean would enjoy that too much. So what other options did I ever have in all this except to tell the truth in my story and then 
broadcast that from my platform. I felt like this is my only option, so I gave Fred eight days to get in touch with me to clean this up, and uh, here we are. Just a quick question. What, what uh, committee men Dan Duran. Oh, sorry, Your yes, questions, so the, yes. The, the chair recognizes Yes, chair me. recognizes Dan Duran. Uh, just a quick question about well, what would the motivation for – what does he think your motivation was for this gangbang photo? He's yeah. short on specifics, primarily because it never fucking happened. But uh, no, I don't know, because uh, that would be someone who has no idea who Toronto Mike is and just thinks he's some internet troll trying to you know, yeah. 4chan everybody, which obviously, having done this since <laughs> 02 with 1,066 episodes in the archive and being respected and working with guys like you, real professionals – Obviously, I'm not a shit-posting troll. Uh, no, never have been. It's not well, quite no, my that's the thing. It's just so far from reality. That's the frustrating thing for, you know, friends of yours. And, yeah. and again, it's not fair. As you said, it's not that stuff. If it's out there, you know, your children become of an age and read it. And, Daddy, did you do that? All that. We talked about that earlier in the show. And I also think about the people that have come, uh, the people yeah. of the 1,066 episodes and how many have them of them have not been, you know, just radio people. But what if that was your podcast? Like, who cares? <laughs> the, like, you found a niche. And I, you know... I'm going to stop before I start getting childish, but I'll put your fucking numbers up against any of those idiots. I, oh, no, I will. Like, I say, okay, you think he's just a little internet troll? Let's, let's, you know, let's drop the kimono. Let's go, let's, and let's check revenues and let's check downloads and, mm-hmm. you know, fuck. If you get to, here's the thing. I don't know how many Dean's produced, but it ain't coming close to 1,066. And let's not forget that when we first started this, all he did was shit talk us uh, about doing a little podcast. Well, right. look who's doing one now, every fucking day. Do you think any of his vitriol towards me stems from the fact that you guys were doing a podcast he was shitting on and making fun of when he was on terrestrial radio? And it turns out your podcast became very successful. Like, not only are you, uh, you know, respected for what you're doing, but you're making real money, like adult money from mm-hmm. this. And I always wonder, like, he, he aligns, he must know I'm aligned with you. He, he says on his show that I work with you and everything. Like, I wonder how much of this hate towards me is I'm just an easy target because he's jealous of your success. In, I don't know. You know but yeah, it's funny well, that, that the clip know. of him talking about you, it's almost like he's barely aware. Like, oh, yeah, those guys are still doing their fucking little thing over there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, so in the end, what will you, how will this net out okay. for you? So I only dropped 1066 this morning. I'm still eager to have a conversation with Fred Kennedy, by the way. I would love a private conversation with Fred well, Kennedy. Well, you're owed that. I'd say. You, you are owed that. And I know you had like a middleman that was trying to broker that deal so that you could talk to him. Where's that at? Uh, there might be a, it sounds like there will be a, this middleman and uh, Fred might be chatting about this at noon today. That's mm-hmm. the last update I got. Because that, that's all it takes. And I think that's all you want is those guys, those two guys in particular, to publicly say, hey, we had the wrong guy. We apologize to Mike Boone. There was some pretty horrible things that were said about him. And we were wrong and move on. Yeah. But um, again, do they have it within them? Well, to admit that. We're going to find out. Can we go to, out. how about having uh, your lawyer, who we know, send a note to Chorus and say, hey, fuckers, this guy, on right. this guy who is working for you, is perpetrating this libelous, slanderous bullshit. Do you want this to be added into the Derringer stink? Because it could that's be. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Like, I can tell you right now, because I realize, I know who's listening to Toronto Mike, that everyone in chorus is hearing this story in its uh, oh. detail right now as we speak. So that's this good. is right now flying <laughs> through the hallways. That's you good. know, since the Derringer stuff is broke, and we talked about it quite yeah. often over the past week or so, yes. uh, I mentioned this on the show, we've received a lot of emails and correspondence from within uh, chorus. Yeah. Right. Um, all applauding us for talking about it and bringing it to light on behalf of those women. And I'll tell you, the guy we're talking about today doesn't come through this very well either. He's grouped with Derringer as far as people that weren't very pleasant to work with in that building. Yeah, and that's why I keep coming back to his little mm-hmm. comment about, we you know, Howard's had his issues. Oh, yeah? Well, I got news for you, buddy boy. There's a lot of people in that building that had a lot of affection for me. Uh, you know, we the, whether it was Jamie Lott or fucking, uh, you know, hey. the kids or... You no, know, I'm just saying the people we I worked with. I should tell with. you this, yeah. then. Yesterday, I had a nice long chat with Pete Fowler, a former CFNY personality and current sergeant with the uh, OPP. Good chat with Pete about everything. And uh, Pete wanted me to know... That you guys really went to bat for him, and he he has he was telling very positive. Story. Apparently, Howard, you helped him get a raise at CFNY. Do you have any memory of this helping Pete Fowler? Uh, you know what, Mike? I, I did so much for so many. It sounds. <laughs> it sounds. You know, I can't keep track of all the good I did. Most people just want to talk hard about to be humble. Most people so just want to talk about all the terrible things. But it sounds like something I did. I mean, Merrick no, talked, it and I remember those conversations uh, you had, we had with people about how to approach them for for a yep. raise. I mean, based on experience and history, and how would you have done this and. Right. You you, in particular, were always open for that because you had been in a lot of markets and worked for a lot of PDs. Well, I mean, listen, we're on the record. We both went to our boss, Stu Myers, at the time, and literally I used the words, I'm begging you to give us Jeff Merrick. I said, mm-hmm. I don't, because we, we were, we, I don't know what the circumstances, but the news job opened up and we said, fuck, please. I actually said, Stu, I've never said this. I'm begging you to give us this kid because he will be great with us. And he was. And he never, he hasn't forgotten that. And another person that sent us a note about what was going on in the building uh, at Chorus and uh, had comments on two individuals in, per, in particular who were doing, doing morning shows there. And, uh, souring the environment well that's why i said you know a couple weeks ago when i and that phrase on the clip you played that you're dunking on john derringer oh really well that's if you're not on the dunking on john derringer side what side are you on and as i said to you guys off the air or whatever i would have sat this one out if i were him you know it would have just been like maybe this isn't one of those fights you want to wade into because as we've heard and we're talking hundreds of radio people Getting a hold of us, telling us stories about, you know, the first first Voldemort, but Voldemort Jr. Lots of stories about him, too. Yeah, um, uh, really a mini-me. Um, even this morning, Dave Trafford, you know, news director at News Talk 1010, who I don't know. I don't think maybe he ever worked directly with John Derringer, but sent us a note saying, hey, guys, way to go. Yeah. I've heard about these stories, too. It needs to be talked about on behalf of the women. And, uh, okay, well, um, committee uh, would like to adjourn now because one of the committee members has to get ready for his other fucking golf podcast. Drained. This drains me so emotionally drained. And it should, Mike. It's so unfair. Go away. It's not fair. It's not and, fair. And I, you know, having known you all these years, you're a sensitive guy, and you just want the best for everybody. We know that. 
I think it was Mike that inspired the phrase, everybody love everybody. Mm-hmm. Just everybody. Can't we just love everybody? And, Why and can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? And you know what? Why can't we? Why can't we be friends? Even with these two. Like, wouldn't it be great if they heard this and they went, you know what? You guys are right. We made a mistake. This isn't the guy. And, you know, I reached out to one of these gentlemen. I I said, we should talk. Because I I wanted to sort of make the case that I know this guy, Toronto Mike. He he isn't what you think he is. And frankly, you're sounding silly. Because all the people in the radio industry know that he's not that guy. Except (laughs) you and Fred. And so maybe there could be a... You know, I know we've all done some work in ourselves. Maybe he could find it in his heart to say, God damn, you know, I did make a mistake. And this isn't fair. Well, Brother Bill tried to do this with Dean Blundell and uh, <laughs> failed so miserably that Brother Bill said he had to block his buddy Dean on all platforms. Mm-hmm. He said he couldn't deal with this. So. And, and where it breaks down is the language, the, the, the shallow piece of shit, piece of garbage, human trash, whatever... You know what I mean? Really? I mean, if you're going to go at somebody for something that serious, at least have some level of articulation or, you know, piece of shit isn't really the best way to explain things when you're making a point. Right. Piece of human garbage. Yeah. No, it's yeah. a little yeah. bit. Like, really? It's a little technology. bit hard. You know, no. And again, mm. as I said at the beginning of this uh, committee meeting. You know, it's it, we're all fair game. You don't like our show. You don't think I'm funny. You don't like Mike's content. That's right. fine. Right. You, you know, listen. hey, I didn't like your show. You're not funny. Hey, Mike, um, those interviews you do or whatever. But mm-hmm. to say that the guy who you know to to, to describe you in such in, in such a shitty way and just it's all personal, you know. But yet, and there is the thing. If it was true, there might be a little segment there where you could, you could go, well, th- this is true, and that's how I'm lashed. I can understand that reaction because look what Mike did. Yeah. But none of it's true. Right. right. It's wow. completely invented. And if it happened, yeah. it might have been like, I know, Fred, it's interesting because in this episode 1066, I play this clip of Fearless Fred on Humble and Fred. And you talk about the abuse you were taking, like people were shitting on you. I think it was the Sony board, the yellow board or some board. Oh, yeah. Really t- going hard on you. Maybe that's the same damn place that was doing this crap to Fred. And he just conflates these yeah. sources when yeah. he arrives. Or I, 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 I'll promise you that's kind of the source. I can't think of any other, any other Toronto radio blogging source at the time that he came to town. Listen, those guys were fucking horrible to us right. on that board. This is around 99, 2000, 2001, and your guy, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He was Wise part block. of that. Pardon? Uh, Mark Weisblock. He was part of that, too. You know, there was a lot of shitty fucking things said about Fred Patterson and me and all this calling us Dumble and and Head and saying really shitty things about us. The, um, yeah, no. You're right. Even now, that Sodi board's a bit of a head scratcher. The moderator is some guy named Radioactive, and he's like a dinosaur. It's just funny the references he makes. And everything. <laughs> I, I, I actually find it amusing. It's like he really misses Marconi. <laughs> but I will say, in defense of that board, and I'm sorry that you guys went through all that shit, but I still can't imagine pictures of a, someone photoshopped into a gangbang yeah, picture. I know. 
I can I don't I believe if that had happened on the internet, I would have been made aware of it in two thousand and nine. So I'm I'm not sure what that is. Maybe someone sent him an email anonymously or something. It's funny how these things work. If somebody photoshopped me into a gangbang thing, I'd be sort of like, hey, yeah. have you seen what I did in my old days? <laughs> Except if you were I was a player. Yeah. Well, no, wait a minute. Not, if, not if you were the one being gangbanged. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Hey everyone, I got a great picture of Fred being gangbanged. So I don't I think that's stories. Way. I got some stories. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what would be really funny is if that picture did, you know, the photoshopped picture and in the gangbang was Dan Duran. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, hey, everybody. Just what doing a little bit of GB. Needs now. <laughs> is love. Aw, Danny boy. Love. All right, well, we did an extra long show. We're back Monday. And you guys know we're only working two days next week, right? Oh, no. Well, I know that. Yeah, okay. Okay, good. Uh, like Monday, gotta, Tuesday? Yeah, Monday, Tuesday are shows. Monday, Tuesday, okay. So let me tell you, though, uh, Monday, Darren Frost. Yeah, Frosty. Frosty. Right on. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> and late love breaking him. news. So this is the regular slot for Jeff Lumby, but I got an email this morning when I woke up that said, oh, by the way, if you haven't heard, I'm not around. Like, how would I have heard, firstly? Like, where was I going to Where was that <laughs> news going to be? Like, <laughs> so... I'm working on Dave Trafford for Tuesday. I uh, got his email. I've sent it to you. And I've sent him an email and okay. let him know. So, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully Dave Trafford makes his debut on uh, Tuesday. So uh, there we go. Hopefully the backlash from this conversation won't make us all feel terrible, no. but whatever. No, it, you know, hopefully it doesn't become in- immature and a piss- mm-hmm. pissing match and all that stuff you might expect. Because it's just apologize. It's wrong. So just apologize and we'll right. all just move on. The right on. thing to do. It's the right yeah, thing to do. Really? Just clear the air and say, hey, this was wrong. Mike didn't do these things. We're sorry. And, you know, move on. And, and what um, are the Bodog odds that Dean Blundell apologizes? <laughs> Very he'll, he'll good. Probab- he'll probably end up doing a, you know, attacking us all. Yeah, all right. Speaking of Bodog. Commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Um, I'll just say, listen, I know I get elevated, but I get I what what gets me and I know what it does too is because we just know we know this guy, Mike. Mm-hmm. And We've known each other since, uh, and that was going to be my point to Dean when I, if he ever would speak to me. I said, you know, Dean, listen, there are some bad actors in this fucking world, um, and there are some people that have hurt all of us. And I, I, I'm no different than Dean. Like, you know, Dean's the same. You know, we get our feelings hurt. And we don't like people saying shitty things about us. And I can tell you, there were many mornings, you know, in 2000, 2001, where, you know, Fred and I, I'll just speak for myself, where I'd read what, these things they would say about me. And it would, like, bug me. And I, and I got very upset. In fact, one of the first things I asked Boone, I think, or no, I asked somebody else. This was before we met Boone. But is there any way to find out who these people are? This is the Petrucci story. But, but that aside, so yeah. I understand that, you know, like, Dean's no different than, than we are. He, you know, he's, he's had his feelings hurt, and he doesn't like to hear shitty things about himself. And I get it. And and as you said, Freddie, like this would be one thing if there were a seed of truth to it, or if we found out that Mike had had a bit of a campaign of sending notes about Fearless Fred. But as you said, you did a content scan of your all your blogs, 
Right. And if I were Chorus, I, I don't know that I would want one of my employees to be part of a, a potential slanderous action because there, there's just no proof this happened. And somehow Dean and Fred have conflated a bunch of other things into Toronto Mike's a piece of human garbage, which is what upsets both of us. Right. 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 My 20-year-old actually listened to episode 1066. I wanted him to hear it before it went into the public feed and, and, oh. and listened. So. But because of the way I framed it in the proper context where you hear their words and then my response, uh, he just feels I got screwed over like he's just well you did yeah he was very pleased with 1066 well that's the other thing love that boy well yeah think about it you know you're saying all these things about a man who's got a beautiful children a wonderful wife is respected in the community helps people do podcasting has put on more podcasts not just his own produced hundreds of others never said no to anybody that's true when it comes to help. I'm actually helping Fred's niece right now. My, yeah, my, this Fred, me. Oh, sorry, yes. That's another thing. Hawksley Workman called me thinking Fearless Fred was Fred Patterson. Oh, my God. How dare you? you go. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Now you're being dragged in the I mud. Said, and he's like, what happened? I thought you worked with him. And I go, anyways, I had to explain to him there's two Freds here. And see, that this just shows you how stuff can mushroom, right? Like, right. really? Okay, well... I, think we anyways, did, I we appreciate did a your lot. support. I oh, love dude. working with you guys. I've God always loved damn it. Uh, helping you guys broadcast because you're fucking great. And there's heart in your. I actually talked to Tony Clement the other day, and I he, we were talking about what's the difference between Humble and Fred and all the other radio people who try a podcast and it doesn't resonate. What what clicked of Humble and Fred? You guys, your show has heart. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. And 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 sponsors. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We have heart and sponsors. Well, one led to the other, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I spent the afternoon yesterday with the gentleman, along with Toronto Mike. Mm-hmm. It's probably, again, Dan was busy being Dan at the time the podcast started, so he wasn't really involved. But the people that got it, got it started, the three of us and Bill Hertz, and Bill is more responsible for us actually making money in terms of reaching out to uh, learning how oh, to yeah. talk to sponsors and bringing in Slate and all that stuff. But but that's just it. There's sort of a few people that have really were there at the beginning. And that's why we feel so strongly about your what's happening to you, because you, you have been such a friend to us, even before we were like real friends. You well, were just such a guys. friend of the show. We love you again. Love you again, too. Anyway, thank you for your support. Not it's right. hard to talk about this. I'd like for this to go away now, please. I just well, wanted it to. It could yeah. go away today. It could. It should. Is there any time it would, to... It wouldn't uh, take much. And again, if, it's, if, if there's not an apology and not a, you know, uh, initiative to just move forward, there, what is the reply going to be? Double down? Like, yes, well, this? that's mutual what is this, friends. Donald Trump world? Well, that's like, you what... Know what I mean? uh, I'm, I'm prepared for it and I'm prepared mm. to ignore it with all my might like it's my job to ignore it but I suspect mm-hmm. the bully will double down mm. and come back harder with more uh, lies well we'll see again at some point if I were you I would activate the uh, legal avenue because you know yeah it's the wild west and we're doing a podcast on the internet but you can't say somebody did something if they didn't You're do still it. still accountable for what you put onto the, uh, into the public realm. All right. Well, we've said too much. It's been very long. This is almost like a half an episode of Toronto Mike. So it's been very long and uh, very detailed. 
Thanks to our friend Tim Niblett. Also, great catching up with Chef Jordan Wagman. Look for the Kind Festival July 5 and 6. Stay well, everyone. Enjoy the Humble and Fred long weekend now. Here's Zandere. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Relaxacare, and DraftKings. Email us at humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And without objection and unanimous consent, this show is now adjourned. Up the road from the habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans and just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?